I want to ask you about a couple of issues here at home. It's been three weeks now since the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, as you know. The mayor says he saw you in Ukraine, and he says it tells you he doesn't care about us. They're asking, is the president coming to Ohio? Do you have any plan to travel to Ohio, and have you talked with the mayor yet? Let's put this in perspective. Within two hours of that derailment, the EPA was in there. Within two hours. Every major agency in the United States government that had anything to do with rail and or cleanup was there and is there. In addition to that, I've spoken at length to the congresspersons, the governors, the senators from both states of Pennsylvania and and in uh, Ohio. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. I, I feel like I, this story has continued to get more and more important and more and more obvious like every other manipulation, it seems, we are seeing through the cracks these days. Or through the, yeah, through the cracks in the door, I guess. But the reality being that I was just talking about this before the show started, thinking I, I, I feel like every time I talk to people, I want to be like, you got it, you got to watch this one. This is the one. And it, it, and it's not just because there's important stuff, which there is every day. These stories have been developing, and I don't think it's some kind of a manipulation that this is where they want us to be looking in a way that shows us that people are very clearly seeing through their lives in a way that I've never seen before. And specifically, we're going to talk about Ohio again today Uh, and the reality around how very clearly obvious, how the most obvious thing I'm seeing, even more so than the injection, which is, Tim, I mean, at moments ago, what I would have said was the most obvious thing I've ever seen. What's happening with this Ohio story is on its face, almost as if they want us to discover the dioxins aren't being talked about for some reason. But I just don't know how that makes sense. I'm, I've just went over the last show the undeniable proof that every single one of these corporate outlets, every one of them that are acting at least some in some cases like they're not quite understanding what dioxins are, or if this is the right case to talk about them. And then I can show you articles from every one of them in depth talking about the research, the articles, the EPA, how what happened in different locations with different leaks. And yet today they act like they don't know. We could talk about the EPA, which we did in the last show, and how they very clearly know about this. They've written studies. They've discussed this. They've had entire areas they've had to deal with in the past. And what we know, and I've been saying this, spoken to many experts, and we're going to go over it again today, that what happened in Ohio, specifically the way that they did it, the choice to make it like the worst possible outcome is why it is undeniable, not up for debate, that there were dioxins created there. And don't forget, we're talking about the most dangerous chemical we, uh, we know of. That's according to any expert you talk to that stay in the environment for very long times. They're considered persistent organic pollutants, POP, which means in some cases decades. And assuming they're in your body, potentially the rest of your life. And, and this is on the table, on the surface. Nobody has tested for dioxins yet. Nobody, not the EPA, not Norfolk Southern, not the companies they hire to cover everything up, not the government, nobody. 
well, I guess the EPA being the government, but I'm thinking like outside of that realm, no, nothing. How do you explain that? For those that have not seen the work we've already done, make sure you go and watch this, and I'll, I'll give you the precursor today to understand why this is such an incredibly obvious and important conversation that should show you that these people are willing to lie to you, whether we're talking about injections, whether we're talking about climate, whether we're talking about any number of things that they can use to achieve your, your manipulated perception, which is all this really comes down to. And then, of course, when we have things like this, which let's just take it face value for the sake of conversation that this was something that wasn't planned and it just happened. The way that they've dealt with this either suggests that there was something on that that they did not want us to know about. Weird, quiet blackout for 10 days where nobody was talking about this. What happened in all that time? And then the choice to do something, which I think we can prove they knew was a wrong choice. So why did they make that choice? Was that meant to cover something else up? You know, or ultimately that they just so clumsily went through this in such an effort to hide this, maybe thinking that they never get caught for these kind of things, seeing as how we are all just discovering 1,700 trail derailments or rain, tra train derailments in a year? That can't be real. And then that point is now being thrown in our faces as, yeah, these happen all the time. Uh, we're, we're okay with that? And yes, that includes Trump era rollbacks that includes biden era manipulations including right up until the point of the recent strike with the which the biden administration made sure to suppress which of course one of the talking points was about exactly what and later happened so we're going to go through this today again and go through the information that briefly in the beginning but really break into some really important new developments including some historical events that again i mean any one of these things show you the reality that just one any one of them break this down but it, each one of these will show you that they know this, that they know how dangerous this is. They know how dangerous the, the potential like catastrophic level this could reach because they've talked about this, because they've dealt with this before. And each one of these historical cases will show you that. And I'm going to show you that the numbers, the level that they dealt with is, beyond, is guaranteed less in these past situations than we're dealing with today. And yet the way they dealt with them will shock you. And yet today we haven't even tested for it yet. Now, we're going to go through all of that as well as the information on the ground and people that are telling you what they're still dealing with, including, as you might have seen on the Pirate Stream episode we just did yesterday. I believe that that was yesterday. Yes. And I broke I finally got a hold of somebody at this at this veterinary clinic in Ohio that I've been trying to get a hold of. And I, I have recorded the talk. I let her know we were media and we, she spoke on the record with me. And the point is that she's saying very clearly. Right up until yesterday, the dogs or animals are dying. There's poisoning, signs of poisoning, foaming at the mouth, all kinds of weird issues, neurological problems. And we're talking well outside the area that's supposed to be safe. So this is not some kind of a political game that's being played in regard to the conversation. Where they're, oh, you're just a, a, a conspiracy theorist trying to hype a problem. No, we're proving the reality. And just like with the injection conversation, people just plug their ears and stomp their feet and, and just pretend, oh, we don't. That's not what we're supposed to talk about. And those are children. I don't care how old they are, what, how educated they are. Those are children that are willing to ignore something because somebody they're supposed to listen to told them they weren't supposed to talk about it. I mean, this is everything we're dealing with today. But we're also going to talk about COVID-19 today. I mean, it, it shouldn't be secondarily. These, the th stuff we're going to get to today around COVID is also wildly important. The entire body of the, I just summed it up in the title today as the spectacular failure of these injections because that's hard to see this is all as an, as an accident, but they're clearly hurting people and they're clearly not caring and they're clearly going forward. So think about all of this today, all of it together. 
And I, I, by the way, I should have actually included this, but there was a great clip that I shared today of a woman that I, I, I'm not familiar with, but apparently she's pretty people uh, respect her work and what she says, gave this really great six minute kind of video about how the government doesn't care about you. And now if you still think that, like, that you're, it's just the most naive possible thing in history with what we just went through, with where we are. I mean, even before all of this, the governments, governments. All of them, all sides of them don't care about you. And they'll always use you and always pitch you guys against each other, all of us against each other. That's what we need to understand. So the moral of all of this today is that none of these people truly care about you. And one side or the other is always trying to convince you that they care. And people still fall for it. But I'm, I'm getting the sneaking suspicion that any, all of you out there, Democrats, Republicans, those that can see through the illusion, and, you know, this new patriot grouping that kind of sees it, are all beginning to see the true picture in one form or another. And then, you know, maybe I'm completely wrong and I'm confused. <laughs> I'm not trying to frame myself as the only one that sees what's going on. I just think it's pretty obvious. And I think everyone is also seeing the same thing. So let's go through this today and make this even more clear. So first of all, just again, here is the episode we just did, the most recent, Dioxins, the Ohio cover-up, and the overwhelming intentional incompetence malfeasance of the U.S. government. And that applies to pretty much everything we're talking about. By the way, it also applies to every other government that I can think of. This is just because we're specifically talking about the government around the Ohio story and how this has been handled. Here is the uh, the sub-stack over, over, um, overview of the previous work around the first talk about Dioxins. Each one of these are really important. Capolino being the person who's made the rounds in a lot of podcasts, but just again, that we were talking about this about a week before that circulation was happening in other channels, demonstrating our value for you guys about how quickly we get into these for you and dive through this information. Here's an overview of just anything under Ohio's tag that you can look back and read through all the work we've so far done there. I also want to give this quick, I'm not going to play this for interest of time today. There's multiple reasons. I might come back to this in general. It's a great uh, uh, interview by Dr. Sam Bailey, what you need to know about dioxin. And this, uh, I'll include this, make sure you watch it. It's 55 minutes. But I just want to quickly play just the opening little thing he says here, just to give you kind of an insight to where this is going. And trust me, guys, any expert that's not somehow linked to the EPA or Norfolk Southern seems to be telling you exactly what we all seem, all should know. This is dangerous. And anybody telling you otherwise is lying. And we know there's a problem in Ohio. Just It's just blowing my mind how clear this is right now. Let's just listen to this first part. But understanding that the parallel in dioxin is whenever someone says there's a safe level, there's your scam. <laughs> That's just crazy. I mean, I agree. I remember the point we just showed you actually going back to Capolino's, uh, not to show you the full clip, but just the, or the full uh, site. Here's his sub stack. And you can see the link right there, but that'll be in this links on this link inside the show notes. The point being that he is the one who was talking about the it was one aspirin tablet broken up into 32 million pieces. One of those pieces is considered the safe lifetime dose for a human. One. One piece of 32 million pieces of a tablet, of a, an aspirin-sized aspirin size tablet. That's the lifetime safe dose. And the point is that what there's, he's right there, he's even telling you, well, that's not even true. Nothing is safe, which I actually agree with. This stuff is actually that serious, and they know that. And that's where we get into their own understanding of this. Now, I'm, I want, I'm stressing for people that haven't seen it to go back and watch this last show because we do specifically go over the New York Times, the Washington Post, and I have one of the examples of CNN today showing you that they've all written about this stuff. They've all, they all know about the editors, the teams, the, the group. They all know about this history, or at least they forgot their own writing, but I doubt that's the case. But on top of the obvious, most important fact, which is the EPA, very clearly knows about this and why then have they yet, yet to test 
great article uh, by Stephen Lester, I believe we'll get to by the, another another opinion piece from The Guardian. Exactly what we're talking about today. And we'll get to that at the end of this first segment. But first, here's Wikipedia. These are old examples proving that they know well how serious this can be with far less. This is the Sevesto disaster. It was an industrial accident that occurred. And it says it resulted in the uh, in the highest known exposure to specifically, again, what we're talking about today, TCDD in residential populations. It was a uh, essentially an explosion, I guess, at a chemical manufacturing plant. Now, it says the accident was ranked eighth, eighth in a list of the worst man-made environmental disasters by Time magazine in 2010. Eighth. Man-made, like world round, right? Now, here it says, and this is wild to me. The affected area was split into zone A, B, and R. Now remember, we're just talking about dioxin right now, not vinyl chloride that then created dioxin, just straight up dioxin poisoning. And so the point is that they're aware this is already happening here. I, I hope we know that's proven and no one's even tested for it. So that's the important part about the willful ignorance of this problem. In this case, they knew it was there and immediately went into action. Split into zones A, B, and R. Not sure why that makes sense. In decreasing order, of surface soil concentrations of dioxin, uh, specifically TCDD. Zone A was further split into seven subzones. The local population was advised not to touch or eat locally grown fruits or vegetables. Here's where it's important. Zone A, so I so arguably the most concentrated, had a dioxin soil concentration of more than 50 micrograms, micrograms per square meter which is represented as UG slash M squared. So that's that's the UG right there is the symbol for microgram. That's also the symbol we talk about when we're discussing the, the mass conversation, right? Micrograms and what, it, what can pass through, what can stop, and so on. And remember, it does not have any statistically significant effect against any kind of viral transmission we're talking about in respiratory and so on. We've talked about all this, neither N95s nor cloth masks, all peer-reviewed, no, and so on. But the point is the same size. So we understand like the how tiny there is we're talking about. 50 micrograms per square meter. That was the high level. It had 736 residents. Zone B had a dioxin soil concentration of between 5 and 50 micrograms per square meter. It had about 4,700. Now, all of these people were, were removed or rather just treated and dealt with. And, and the point being, every one of these areas, it had levels high enough that there was a problem. It says zone R, and don't forget what the expert just, you just heard him say, that there is no safe level. Zone R had a negligible concentration of TC, of dioxin, or up to less than five uh, micrograms per square meter. It had 31,800 residents. Now, within days of this happening, a total, actually, well, here, before we even get to that, here is, Oh, wait. Did I, oh, I, you know what? I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I forgot I did kilogram. We'll come back to it. The point is, I, I do this by kilogram based on the study they're referencing in this in this discussion. And I'll show you why we know this, what we're talking about here, is less than what we're dealing with today. Within days, a total of 3,300 animals, mostly poultry and rabbits, were found dead. Now, one important point here, and that's one of the main things we're going to get into today. As I just told you, I spoke to the vet herself on the ground there. Who We have evidence of the reality of what she's seeing, despite how all these major outlets who have clearly had this evidence just pretend it's not happening and say no evidence, despite what she's seeing herself, what she's proven herself. But my point, though, is that there is a lot of evidence. I'm going to show you today more evidence of deer, deer, as of just the last couple of days that are found dead all around the area. 
That's cr- those are I mean, those kind of large animals. That's cr- that's a much more concerning. The point is that, that they're going to act like, no, it's just aquatic animals. They keep towing that line. Here's BBC as of very recently. There's no evidence any terrestrial animals were killed by the train's chemicals. They just, this is the same thing they said. There's no evidence vaccines are hurting people. And you go, well, what about all this? Well, it's not proven. Well, that's still evidence, dum-dum. <laughs> you know, that's how they play this game, though. No evidence. Yeah, there's a hell of a lot of evidence, but there's also proof, too. We'll come back to that. So the point, though, is that there's a lot of that, and they're just not talking about it. Lots, right from the beginning and even up until now. Emergency, and even then the fish, though, they keep making 45,000 minnows and all. They're making it sound like a lot when it's a bunch of aquatic fish, but even that's still a big deal. Emergency slaughtering commenced. That's not happened so far. To prevent dioxin from entering the food chain. Now, here's a big point. This is the main thing. I'll show you this on the CNN, CNN article from 1995, where they tell you the problem is this gets into the fat of the animals, which then gets in the fat of humans, which then is bioaccumulated. It continues to build up in your body. And that's a big deal because the more, the very, 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 very tiny amount that's toxic, well, that builds up. Then it becomes exponentially more toxic. And we just talked about what this causes. Weirdly, almost exactly the same thing as the vaccine side effects. Heart problems, imp- uh, in, um Fertility problems, respiratory problems, I mean, everything. Immunosuppression, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous almost. So the point is that they knew that this is possible because they know about the reality of the situation. They're not testing for it. So that means for sure they aren't slaughtering or dealing with any of the animals that have potentially had this problem. You know how much is around this area? How many the cattle and whatever else that are, that are potentially out there that could be potentially, they're not looking into any of it. Or at least not telling us they're doing so. But they slaughtered these animals to prevent that from entering the food chain. The point being that 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 boat has sailed. How who knows what's in there now? And by 1978, over 80,000 animals have been slaughtered. 80,000. Okay, so this is this this is one of the study we're going to get into in this exact discussion. This is the Sevesto accident. I looked into this because I wanted to find how much, right? Because what we're talking about here is specifically the area, the concentration. I believe after the fact, like the point is I'm trying to find out how much actually was involved in the accident, right? Oh, tell me this didn't. How did that happen? These aren't usually the ones that refresh. That's interesting. I should have realized I highlighted. Okay, so let's just find it again real quick. Okay. So it was kilogram. There we go. No, that's not wrong. Here we go. Okay. So it says on Saturday, July 10th, 1976, that, oh, here's, right, here's the explosion point. This, the chemical reactor exploded. That's how this started. So think about the, the overlap with what we're dealing with here. It's the same kind of thing. It's an explosion, an uncontrolled explosion, just like this, because you don't control the flow of air, which then causes it to be, you know, get all the black smoke, which is the carbon, which is that's how you know this is a problem. But it would have happened anyway, I understand. The carbon, and it just makes it very obvious when you see all that smoke to know beyond a doubt that there's lots of dioxin there. But it says the plant was manufacturing two four i mean this is what dioxin and intermediate and we, we just went over the what which one it was right it was the t c t c d d same one we're talking about now it says a runaway chemical reaction then resulted in the release of an aerosol cloud starting to sound kind of familiar right that included a bunch of other things as well ethylene glycol sodium whatever how you pronounce that and it says and an estimated 15 to 30 kilograms of dioxin over an 18 kilometer square area that is i mean think about the small amount we're talking about here in the context of how problematic this can be in the area we're discussing now we know how much just how specific just vinyl chloride 
Now, this is a hard thing to guess into because we don't really know the exact, because nobody's telling the truth about this and no one's giving us any investigating more, any points to go on, except for some of these experts like Capolino who are doing their best to get information out. But the point is, we know that there were tons, gallons and gallons and gallons of vinyl chloride that were dumped and burned, right? Hundreds of thousands. So the point is, and we're just going off ton because that we know there were tons and tons of this stuff. One kilogram is, you know, the obvious point is that there's a lot more of what we're dealing with here than the, so if you just, let's take 15 kilograms, because that's what we're talking about. That's still less than one ton of what we're dealing with. So it's almost a guarantee in my mind that all of the vinyl chloride that was dumped out and then burned, which creates a hell of a lot of ash, which will show you an alarming, I mean, I can just jump to it real quick. I'm going to show you this video that Status Quo put out, the time different. I mean, it is just horrifying to watch this on a quick delay, the quick timing to see how quickly bad this got. I mean, I mean, they knew the moment this was going to, this was a problem. And I argue they knew this would happen when they started it. I just don't know how, how that's possible. They didn't, but I'm guessing the point is that when you go back to the number and we're talking about 15 to 30, let's just take the high number for sake of conversation, still less than a ton by a far shot. We're talking about Hundreds of thousands. I mean, think about, I forget the exact number. Somebody in the chat want to remind me, I don't have it off to the side of how much, how many tons of this were each in each container and how much, you know, how, what it translated to. But the point is it's guaranteed that it's going to be more than that. And here, all we're dealing with is 15 kilograms at most over an 18 square kilometer area. I mean, are we all, I would convince, I mean, this is the, the smaller amount and we're worried about, we're not even looking for what we're dealing with here today. So here's another one. Oh, and this was just the other point. Just same, just for the overlap. I forgot I did that too. So here, here was the tons, whichever one we're talking about. And here's the gallons. So let's put in thirty gallon, thirty kilograms. We're still talking about seven gallons, right? And we know there were hundreds of thousands of gallons, or actually millions of gallons, if I remember correctly. So think about that, and think about how much that obviously is more than what we're talking about, especially when you burn it and so on, and it just slow burns and creates all of the ash we saw. Now, here's another example, River Doe Leah. This one is from uh, 1991. This is in, in the UK. It says that the river contained 1,000 times the safe level of dioxins in 1991. Now, realize 1,000 times the safe level is minute. It's tiny. And then again, the expert's telling you that's not even accurate. It's actually, it's very serious no matter what. The river flows through the site of the former colite plant near Bolsover, where coke, which is a, a mineral, a tar, and industrial chemicals or some kind of product were uh i forget what it was it says a gray hard porous coal-based fuel uh were manufactured until the plant closed in 2004 so that's just another example of this and it's a small amount nope that's still open here is the here's the report from independent this is just crazy so this is from 1994 pollution watchdog plans legal action now, again, right, here's a good example. Where's the independent right now? Like, so if everybody's very clearly aware that dioxins are a problem and everyone seems to at least have the cursory understanding that people are saying dioxins are something we should be looking at, it's even coming up in press briefings for crying out loud. When's the last time you heard these, these so-called journalists ask any question that we thought was right, let alone the one right now that they're like, oh, and, and like the way they responded, he was like, oh, I don't even know if, uh, let me see actually if I... Uh, no, nah, I, I don't want to. I, I just played it the other day when we he, he was asked directly about the EPA was asked directly in a, about four days ago whether they're testing for dioxins. And they said, we, we don't know. We're not sure. They hadn't even done it. And as of today, I'll prove to you they haven't yet. So the point is, they know this. So too do the independent and everybody else, if they even care to look at their own history of writing. Laboratory tests on animals in 1994 
have shown that dioxins can cause skin and liver damage, tumors, and affect the immune system and fertility. That was my point before. Think about the overlap there. All at extremely low concentrations. That's important. Extremely low. We're well past extremely low concentrations here. At least in the beginning and at least what was done in that immediate area. My opinion is this has gotten a lot bigger than we even understand. If, if maybe that's always how it's been. Right? Maybe it's always been this way every other day after crash and spills and chemicals and, and companies and we just finally somehow are able to see it. Who knows? I mean, there's, there is some, some explanation to why Americans have this like one in four cancer rate, which is just obscene. Anyway, extremely low concentrations, right? All of that. We're well past that. Once in the environment, they break down very slowly. The dioxin pollution, alleged to be from the colite plant, which makes a range of chemicals from coal tar, is thought to extend at least 13 miles downstream into the river uh, Rother and then onto the Don. The river's authority said there was no drinking water intakes downstream of the contamination, so there should be no threat to human health. Simple. They're not drinking it, no big deal. Except that's not even remotely accurate. And it seems that everybody knows that. Even then they knew that. So it's just amazing to me how we constantly watch this game of corporations and company and, and even government stepping in to hide the reality when their very their seemingly only mandate is to keep you safe. Clearly, that's not the reality. The dioxins are also likely to flow eventually down to the OUS and the Humber into the sea. Again, continuing out, which at such high concentrations what we're dealing with today, when all it takes is such a tiny amount to cause all the things we just discussed, that's a big deal. But it says, albeit at much lower concentrations, they may already have reached the North Sea. Down here it says, but the best environmental option may be to leave the dioxin in the river. Why? Well, if the contaminated sediment were dredged, which is what they're doing now, out there would be serious problems in disposing of them safely which, by the way, is what we're also now dealing with. The dioxins might be spread in the process. Aha. Here's the point, guys. I, I don't know whether this is meant to be this way or whether we are just watching one of the most corrupted, captured, clumsy, malfeasant agencies that we can possibly observe in the EPA. Like, imagine the, the, the ignorance, the stupidity of coming, as we just saw Biden tell you, they were there within two hours. Every single person involved with safety and railway, including the EPA. Okay. Then you can hear them on the record say, we didn't decide to burn that. Okay. Well, either way, if you were there as the federal watchdog or rather the federal agency meant to ensure the safety of the environment, well, either you allowed that to happen or you're too, or rather they don't respect your authority and did it without even asking. Right. And then later we see the EPA step in and go, we order you to do what we say. Okay. Well, 14 days later, that seems pretty stupid. Well, yeah, well, so what was that all about? Well, okay, then they said, okay, now we order you to move it here and there. And they started moving it, right? And then two days later, they said, wait, well, we order you to pause the shipment of that very dangerous stuff. Now, what happened right there? Is that really just incompetence? Where they're like, we don't care about the oxen, just ship it away. And then suddenly somebody stepped in and goes, wait, you're literally spreading this everywhere you go. And they go, hey, now leave it there or stop. Well, guess what? We have a really important story that somebody reached out to us and is probably going to scare people to be quite honest but the reality is that i believe what they did is in fact spread this around a lot of different areas as they shipped dioxin contaminated soil all over the place and that's not, not even getting into whatever else is contaminated whether we still have vinyl chloride or we're talking about butane or chlor all the stuff we've discussed 
But just realizing that in, the, in 1994, the Independent was clearly saying, well, we don't even want to touch the dachshund because we don't know what to do with it. That's the point we just made before. A lot of these companies that find this stuff don't even tell anybody because they don't know how to dispose of it. That is allowable criminal act, criminal activity, straight up. And then says, well, we can't move it because doing so might spread it in the process. Well, here is an article from today from The Guardian, which just continues to blow my mind that we can still like it's almost kind of it's, it's kind of an overlap with the discussion of the lab leak where, I mean, I, we should be wildly skeptical about how that keeps going back and forth. You know my thoughts from the beginning. The lab and the, the bioweapon angle specifically, leak, leak, shouldn't even be on the table as far as I'm concerned. The bio discussion includes both sides of this game and all sides, really, the U.S. government, the Chinese government, likely doing this together as far as I can tell. But it should be a question we ask, whether that was something that was done and potentially leaked or used or whatever else. But Or, or that's, the, that's part of it. But the bottom line is, that story coming out, not the the what it, the reality of the information and facts around it that we've been discussing the entire time, but the fact that the Department of Energy steps in and goes, this, everybody talk about what we just said. But interestingly, we have the government, Biden's administration, Department of Energy, standing up and basically saying this. You got people, like the authorities that they claim we're supposed to listen to, they step up and say the thing they don't like, and then you've got the night sh the talk show hosts making fun of them like they're conspiracy theorists. But it's not, we're not saying, I mean, that is literally the government that you were once telling us to listen to saying now what you don't agree with. So now they're the conspiracy. So apparently it's all narrative everywhere. You, you're, it's like you're being consumed by your own. You created a monster and it's eating you. <laughs> the point is they don't even trust you anymore. No masks. Screw that. The science says mask because I believe it. My point is that this is the same kind of thing as we have the corporate media, even whether opinion or not, putting out this point right on the surface. And yet the conversations like conspiracy, right wing talk. It's just kind of shocking. It's like nothing means anything anymore, which kind of which is kind of where this, I think, was meant to go. Post-truth world, indeed. March 2nd, Stephen Lester. We just read one of his the other day. The agency is familiar with dioxins, having researched its adverse effects. And if they test the soil in East Palestine, they'll find it. This is the point, guys. His whole point in this article is the reason they're not testing is because they know that they'll find it. Think about the level of incompetence. Think about the idea that what we just talked about in the beginning. Does that not prove that you're the last thing they care about? The decision to release and burn five tanker cars of vinyl chloride and other chemicals at the site just over three weeks ago unleashed a gigantic cloud full of particles, and they, this is the point about the dioxins, that enveloped surrounding neighborhoods. That's important. So enveloped them, not just floated over the top. It is well documented that burning chlorinated chemicals like vinyl chloride, for example, will generate dioxins. Not possibly, but will. Dioxin is the name given to a group of persistent, very toxic chemicals that share similar chemical structures. The most toxic of which is the TCDD, which again is the most toxic thing apparently we know about in the context of chemicals and in this, in this context. TCDD is more commonly recognized as the toxic contaminant found in Agent Orange. Now, the reality being it is Agent Orange. Dioxin is the thing in it that's the problem. And, and the discussion around that, if you read the history there, is scary. And that information I read about Agent Orange in the context of my earlier work, I think it was in one of these early reports, it, again, exposes what they already know, that this is a big deal and it's very, very serious. But it says dioxin is not deliberately manufactured. It is an unintended byproduct of industrial processes that use or burn chlorine. It is also a product, it is also produced when chemicals such as vinyl chloride are burned like what happened in East Palestine. 
the organization this gentleman works for, the Center for Health, Environment, and Justice, has worked with communities affected by dioxins for over 40 years. We have seen the impact of exposure to dioxins in communities from Love Canal and Times Beach to Pensacola, Florida. Now, all these are examples of massive dioxin problems that were forced to be cleaned up. They know about this. And here he says, and now we are asking, why isn't the EPA testing for dioxins in East Palestine, Ohio? Are dioxins persistent in the soil, downwind from the site of the accident? His point is, nobody knows because nobody's testing. At a town hall meeting in East Palestine last week, people talked about what it was like when the black cloud reached their property. Why haven't we heard about this from the corporate media? One person who lived 15 miles away described burning ash material from the fire that settled on her property. Guy, that is literally undeniable proof that, that the dioxin, because remember, we talked about this with the experts as well. The idea that this will, con it connects to the dust particles and, and as well as the carbon, the ash that's created, and that is what allows it to fall back and settles on the house, on the ground. Okay, so if this is happening and you see the cloud that's falling 15 miles away, that is a problem for them. They are dioxin contaminated, and that's a big deal. Don't forget, they were smelling chemicals 40 miles away when this happened. And we just talked about the guy, I think I'm playing this video next, actually, the one we just played before, where the guy then testing tells you that if you smell it, you're contaminated. And this guy is a highly regarded expert. On top of that, this article itself says nobody's testing. <laughs> he, he was, and he already has. It says another who lived three miles away described how the black cloud completely smothered his property. Repeatedly, at, people asked, was it safe for my kids to play in the yard? Is it safe to go grow a garden? What's going to happen to my farm animals? These are important questions that deserve to be answered. Today, there are no clear answers. How is that even possible right now? Well, you know how it's possible? Ask Flint, Michigan. Ask them if they have clean water today and ask how that's possible. These are important questions to des that deserve answers. Today, there are no answers. Why? Because no one has done testing for dioxins anywhere in East Palestine. Now, that's not true. He's talking about EPA government high level. There's been independent experts. We'll show you one next. And I, that's just probably because this person only, this is how this kind of level works. Just like with the, the vaccine part. There's a lot of people that were skeptical, but they still tend to kind of fall back to trust, looking at the CDC data because they're trained this way. So if these people don't look on Twitter for conversation. You know, they look at the high level things and you almost can't blame them because they've been trained that way. But the point is, he's speaking out nonetheless. But it says no one, and it seems that the EPA is uninterested in testing for dioxins, behaving as though dioxin is no big deal. This makes no sense. Testing for dioxin, a highly toxic substance, should have been one of the first things to look for, especially in the air once the decision was made to burn this. Again, there's no denying that they were well aware, including the EPA that was there within two hours. There is no question that dioxins were formed in the vinyl chloride fire. No question. Now, remember, too, the timing of all this, where there was at least a day between the timing of when they knew they worried about an explosion and then decided to dump it on the ground with no, no barrier right on the soil and then burn it in the worst possible way. EPA, knowing all of this, they, they would have formed on the particulate matter. Remember, the black soot falling on the person's farm in the cloud that was so clearly visible at the time of the burn this cloud that went all over the i mean just everywhere now the question is how much is in the soil where people live in and around east palestine right because the idea is this is all settled 
So as far as that went, so at the very least, where this reports are 15 miles away, that is a problem. They know this. Now the question is how much in the soil? Without testing, no one will know, and the people who live there will remain in the dark, uncertain about their fate. This is important because of the adverse health effects associated with exposure to dioxins that they all know about. Exposure to dioxins can cause cancer, reproductive damage, developmental problems, type 2 diabetes, ischemic heart disease, infertility in adults, impairment of the immune system, skin lesions, which we're seeing a lot of, by the way. The EPA is very familiar with dioxins. For more than 25 years, the agency evaluated and assessed the risks posed by exposures to dioxins, to exposure to dioxins. They published multiple draft reports, and I've shown you some of them, on the health effects caused by exposure to dioxins. They published an inventory of dioxin sources and devoted an enormous amount of time to studying them, likely why it was used as an attempt to assassinate the Ukrainian president in 2004. Real story. Dioxins were used. Actually, I can grab that since I think I still have it up. In an attempt to assassinate a former Ukrainian president, which grossly uh, mutilated his face. I think it's right here. Let's see. Oh, you know what? I actually closed it. Let me see if it was. Let me do this. There we go. Beautiful. So this, 2005, excuse me, 2005. See, and that's what happens. Someone's going to go, lie, Ryan's lying. <laughs> I just pull things off the top of my head and try my best. But see, the political poison, I, I, I thought it was 2004. Political poisoning with dioxins, a weapon of chemical disgracefulness. The recent attempt to poison Ukrainian President Viktor Yushchenko with dioxins, right? I mean, come on. The obvious reality is this has been studied. That's why Agent Orange was used as a weapon. It was a chemical weapon. They tried to pretend like it was about foliage, except they used it about 20 times the level used to kill foliage. They know what they're doing, guys. I just talked about Agent Orange last time. Multiple draft reports on the health effects caused by exposure to dioxins. They know this stuff. They studied it. And that's why it got real quiet for about 30 years. I'm convinced that they were using this, weaponizing this. They published an inventory of dioxin sources and devoted enormous amounts of research. The agency knows this chemical very well. So why is EPA unwilling to test for dioxins in the soil? My guess is because they know they will find it. That is literally the most important part of this as far as I'm concerned. I'm, con- I'm 100% convinced they know what they will find, and they are just playing this game like they always do. Doesn't matter. We're not even going to look. I mean, I just can't get past how... I mean, I, I, I don't know why I'm even surprised anymore, right? I mean, this this is the most... It's It's consistent. That's the crazy part. Historically, they always do this. And we talked about Drom doing the same thing, right? Or, or Drom talking about the same thing, saying that every single example in history shows that they, the companies involved, downplay the risk. The government steps in, toes their line, and it almost always ends up being worse than they said. If they look, they'll find it plausible deniability, even though that doesn't even apply, really, because they're they're past history. And if they find it, they will have to address many questions people are asking. I actually think it's because they don't even know what to do with it, like we just saw, which we'll get into next. It will not be easy to interpret the results for testing for dioxins in soil, but to avoid testing is irresponsible. 
right? They're worried that, like, even if you just want to pretend that they're worried, you'll misunderstand the risk. It's the same as the vaccine conversation. They're hiding information, whether they pretend it's for your best interest or not. That's dishonest. The EPA's mission or their stated mission, ostensibly, is to protect human health and the environment. Clearly, the situation in East Palestine is the place where the EPA should follow its mission and do right by the people who live in the town. The EPA must, must test the soil for dioxins. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it never happened. Like, that seems like the only thing they can hold on to right now. Stephen Lester, by the way, is a toxicologist and the science director for the Center for Health and Environment, for, for Health, Environment and Justice, a project for the People's Action Institute. Well, look at that. I just, that's crazy to me. Now let's listen to this expert, just for those that haven't seen it, and then we'll go on to the shipping of this and how it's clear to me that what just happened is either them being so completely incompetent that they realized after they did this without thinking it through that it was going to pro- spread, or they wanted it to spread, or, I mean, there's all, who knows, the bottom line is, They have now stopped it by allowing some to be in Michigan, some to be in other places, and then brought some back to Ohio. In the meantime, all of this is still present and contaminating, just like we heard in the past uh, coverage from 2000, or excuse me, 1994, saying, well, we can't even move it because we'll spread it. So what, what changed today? Apparently nothing. That's not the one. Here we go. Oh, wait, not the one. That's strange. I wonder how I missed that. Hold on. Huh. One second. I'm just going to grab it real quick from the past show. I'm 90% sure I saved that today. Here we go. It's the same guy we've talked about. (sighs) Whatever. (laughs) It's so frustrating. I got it right here, I think. Nope. Let's just do it this way. Including dioxin. We're doing a lot of soil sand. Since the train derailment. Whoa, 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 whoa. What just happened? Did you see that? Channel 11's Nicole Ford went straight to the dog's vet. Wow, okay. I'm super confused about what just happened. I don't even know how it's possible. <laughs> I don't even know what that literally just changed the video on my screen. You saw what was up there. It's not back and forth. It's the same. What? Well, that's crazy. Okay. I don't even think I have the video elsewhere. Give me 10 seconds to look and then we'll just continue. But you guys all saw it. I had it up. It's the guy from before who went on the ground, who found the, who said he was testing for dioxins. That is super strange. It's it's not incredibly important only because, you know, you guys have all seen it more than once. I'm pretty sure it's a prominent video that's made the rounds, and it should. One of those things that kind of makes you wonder how in the world this guy can literally be on the ground talking about this and be as prominent as he is, and somehow, magically, none of the people know, talk about it, point it out. Yeah, I don't think I can find it. Oh, well, that's okay. We'll just skip past it for today. If I find it, I'll include it in the show notes. The point is he's on the ground and he is testing for dioxins. He says that very clearly. And he says that the problem is that they know this. They know that, or they, you know, if you smell it, that you're contaminated on and on and on. Okay. Yeah, I can't seem to find it. Well, that's okay. Very strange though. I mean, I'm kind of blown away by what just happened there. I I don't know if that could have been a glitch by me, I guess. But in any case, so to go to the next part of this, 
I want to give a shout out to Greg who, who made this comment and actually made the video, which I really appreciate. This is, this is what I hope all of you can, you know, this is what we all need to do as a community, right? We, the, the corporate media has shown their, their interest in the reality of what's on the ground, right? They're line towers. That's what they do. They literally, which again, the, the, the analogy comes from how you put your toe on the line when you start a race, right? Toe the line. That's what it comes from. And so the point is that they step right up. Like, oh, yeah, I'm right there. I'm right in line with you, right? Except we know we've got a lot of people on the ground exposing this, exposing all the you know, what's happening, and they just don't care like this. Now, Greg argued that they dropped off 220,000 gallons of waste from Palestine in Belleville and Romulus, Michigan, with no notice. Now, before I, I wanted to look into this, he did share a video, which I'll, which I'll play. He plays a video about what he saw. Before we get into that, actually, I wanted to look into whether this was the case. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, well, didn't they tell it to go back? Right? I want to make sure I'm going to confirm what he's saying. At the very least, it's what he's seeing. So we know that's what, that's what we're coming off of here. But here's an example of uh, this is posted on February 24th and then weirdly updated on the 25th. <laughs> I, always, I, mean, I hope you guys know the, how, why I point that out all the time. That is literally the corporate media editing. There are, that's not what's, how this is supposed to work. And they don't ever tell you what they change anymore, which is also not how that's supposed to work. That's called manipulation. They just pretend like it's normal now, but that's not journalistic te uh, tennis. But the point is, it says Wayne County officials blindsided by arrival of toxic waste from Ohio train derailment. Blindsided, right? Now, the point is about how this is when the EPA suddenly was like, start chipping and doing what we tell you. And so they started moving this stuff and going across state lines with dangerous stuff that they hadn't tested for dioxins. Which, despite guaranteeing that it's in there, it says after lawmakers learned about two trucks bringing the waste to Michigan, they were in contact with the EPA, which halted, which we saw, the additional waste on its way to Wayne County. Officials say some of the waste left Ohio on Wednesday and was going to Republic Waste Service facility in Van Buren Township. More was being taken to Eco Ecology Wayne Disposal in Belleville, which is where it stayed. Michigan officials are unsure of exactly how much is in Michigan, but say the waste contains vinyl chloride, which, which I guess is the assumption because they're saying, I mean, despite the fact that it was dumped and burned, my point was that they put it on the ground, which guarantees it would go into the soil. So why'd they make that choice? Was it something they wanted? I don't know. Either way, the vinyl chloride seems like, it, I mean, I'm not going to guess. Based on what we can tell, the vinyl chloride at this point seems to be the lesser of these two problems considering between dioxins and vinyl chloride. But there's been a lot of discussions about this, and I'll leave this to, you know, more to flesh out. Either way, it's interesting. That's all they point out. That's the only one that continues to be the focal point. But what it says is, quote, 1.8 million people are being sandbagged. Vinyl chloride is a serious carcinogen and something we should have heard about sooner. The landfill taking the deep well injections is a facility cited many times and shut down in the past. So the company that we're specifically talking about Belleville, they're taking to a place where they know the history is shoddy, where they've been caught for leaks and, and uh, cited for, for, site, uh, for failures many times. Now, it says just because they're licensed... We have to ask where these facilities cited in the past for a number of violations. Any of us that live and breathe are, the, are at risk. So this is one of the reasons why we already pointed this out. We haven't heard this from the corporate media. Yet again, how far ahead we are of this story of the corporate media in particular. We were telling you that they didn't have the right documentation. They were like, And this is one of the cases we're talking about where the people that were there were going, what are you doing? 
You can't bring it here. You can't do that. And this is people on the ground saying that's a company that's already had criminal accusations. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. And in, at the very least, you know that something was too much because the EPA then said, OK, wait, everything pause, which is horrible, knowing that that means Ohio is now stuck with this even more, as well as where else it ended up. This is very telling to me. Ohio rail crash. This is on February 25th. Toxic waste removal suspended, which is what we're talking about. EPA, because remember, we talked about this right when it happened. Well, since then, more has come out where it turns out why they suspended it was specifically because contamination fears. Okay, so now we've established quite clearly that, yes, it did end up in Belleville, and yes, it did stay in Belleville. And the reason that they stopped it and made it stay in Belleville as well as stay in Ohio was because they were worried about what might be contaminated because of that practice. That pretty simple? It's very obvious. Okay, so now let's show the video that Greg sent us about the area of the water that is directly along the area where this just showed up. The area where they sent this stuff to Michigan in Belleville and then paused because of the fears of contamination. You want to see what he found? See, it's weird. I thought I had it up too. Here it is. Something's not right. Dead fish. Dead crappie everywhere down here. Look at this shit. Earmuffs. Retroactively. Look at this crap. Thank you, Greg. You're not going to see this anywhere else, guys. There's Rossonville Road right there. Some kind of bullshit spilled into the river. Now, that's his opinion. But, I mean, I, I don't know how you deny what we're looking at. I mean, look, that's not just one little grouping, guys. This is all along the riverbank. Dead fish is floating in the water in Michigan. Belleville, Michigan. Hey, it's good to see Star in the chat. How are you, Star? Man, man, man look at that. I mean, it's just, so the point is, he's showing you all these dead fish that washed up right now. You know, let's be clear. This is an opinion, right? We, we can't definitively prove that what is there caused this, but let's just kind of, let's just think outside the box and ask the right questions, right? The point is, we know for sure that they did ship this to Belleville for the purposes of dealing with contaminated soil. Then for some random, well, not random, after they then said, whoa, wait a minute, contamination fears, they stopped, which is what left one of those in that exact area, and then just so happened to see a lot of dead fish in the air. I mean, come on. I'm not saying that's, a pr that's proof, but the point is, if there was ever an, a point to ask more questions and investigate, there it is right there, but they won't do this. They're not even testing for what I think is causing this. So I just think that's mind-blowing. And again, shout out to Greg for taking the time, guys. And that's what we all should be doing. Send it, or it doesn't have to be me. Send it to some kind of independent media. Get the content in front of people that they can show that they are not going to be able to see elsewhere because the people need to understand how far ahead of the, the corporate media pretty much anybody honest is right now because they're only doing what they're told. I don't know how much more clear that has to get. 
Oh, I forgot I was actually going to use this for the, the show today. I like the image I made anyway. But, see, I mean, the, the reality being, guys, is this is happening, and it's being shipped all over the place. We know how dangerous it is from the past. They know that. They're not testing. And here's an example of that exactly. Thank you to Charmed and Dangerous. Listening to T-Lab talk about Biolabs, bad juju chemicals, I and East Palestine trail derailment, trail derailment, excuse me, train derailment. I don't know why I can't say that. Reminds me of this editorial cartoon I clipped way back when. The, uh, the person says, I was a college student working at the EPA at the time. Thought Ryan would appreciate it. Check this out. Let's, let's pretend they don't know about this risk. This is, well, how long ago was it? What did it say? It didn't say how long ago, but it was, you know, a while ago when, they were, when this person was in college. It says, look, dioxin, and the writing says, it's the new symbol for chemicals the government says aren't so bad after all. I mean, really let that sink in. It's obviously a joke. It's a cartoon. The implication is the government's lying to you all the way back then because they were writing about this going so bad, so bad, super dangerous. It's super important. And then as, as Capolino pointed out, there was a third weird period where the New York Times very clumsily tried to pretend it was no worse than sunbathing and then it went quiet for 30 years. Oh, and there was an assassination attempt. And oh, look at what just happened. Very interesting. The point is, it's, it, it's an open secret that this stuff is super dangerous and that the government doesn't want you to know about that. But let's all pretend that's not related to today. Now, here is somebody with uh, Re Real America's voice who is on the ground. And it's quite shocking to see dead. Now, again, we, th it's certainly possible that these deer died from something else. All of them in the same era, but I'll let him explain what he sees there because I think he makes excellent points about why it's obvious that these things on the ground, anyone that's lived in nature or been hunting or, you know, just walked through nature in general and see dead animals, that it's very uncommon that you would see animals clearly that have been dead for a minute that are not picked at in some way. What That shows you that the animals that come up to them are aware that there's something wrong, which is what they're able to sense. So this is posted on the 27th. Think about how far past that is when they're telling you it's supposed to be safe, finding multiple deer dead right around the same area we're talking about. This is in Ohio around the river. East Palestine wanted to follow the creek as it made its way down. Uh, this is the confluence where that turns into Little Beaver Creek and ultimately flows out into the Ohio River, which is right off there in the background. So the, the important point there is that so this is connecting between other locations. So it's not just Ohio. Like, so if this is, and the idea that this is, so obviously we have the vinyl chloride possible risk here in regard to what's in the water and has been, has sunk, in, you know, how dense it is to the bottom that's still kind of just resting there. And then we just talked about this. And so then, you know, and the dioxin point that if you dredge it up, it becomes the bottom line is they, every angle of this seems to be obviously downplayed in a very dangerous way. And it is going to end up being in other locations, whatever risk that may be. The point is that we, are no longer debating about whether the risk is there. I mean, I think they even admitted that by now. But just like everything else we go through, it's a slow drip drip of admission trying to hold back the rest of it. It's clear this is something. And the, the question is, to what degree, as I was saying from the beginning? I did some testing here and didn't. I haven't found any of the same. It looks like our stream is struggling. No big surprise there, especially right when we get this. Just going to let give it a second, make sure you guys can actually see this coming through. Apologize for that always make the same point there's just literally no reason that would even make sense I'm directly plugged into the wall high level internet let's see if it's even playing <clears throat> let me know in the chat if you guys can still hear me or if it's breaking in and out looks like it's coming back a little bit right now 
Let's see. That seems okay. I'll come back. I'll make sure. Oh, looks like we're we're largely back. Okay, keep going. Rainbow coloration and that popping that we saw up further up creek. But what is scary, and I can't say for sure if this is connected or if it's just a coincidence, but it's a very odd coincidence. Uh, right here, three dead deer uh, within 50, 50 yards of each other. Uh, one here, no gunshot wounds, no clear visible uh, wounds. This one in particular is very odd. The eyes have no visible wounds. That's the first important point. Now, something could explain it, but three in the same close area, you know, it gets less and less likely. And then this part I think is important. Haven't been eaten out. This one hasn't been touched. Most of the time something dies, it's, it's eaten almost immediately, especially the, eye, especially the eyes and the soft tissue. Nothing is touching this. And that's, that's a sign when the other animals know not to eat something. There are two other ones, one right up here under this bridge and one right over there just past the power lines. Are they connected? I don't know. The question I have is, as we see industries being destroyed in places like California, the uh, Environmental Protection Agency going out and destroying businesses they don't like, pushing climate change and all of this other nonsense. Well, the large point is the animals and what you saw there, you know, just to avoid this, you know, not you can listen to it if you'd like, just other politics and stuff. But the bottom line is that this is an, a very alarming overlap. And where I want to go with this next is the important Oh, actually, that you know what I should have done? I, I, for, actually, that was not well placed. That should have been over with this. Why don't we? Yeah, we'll come back to it. I just didn't move the tab. So we'll come back to the animal conversation and, and the obvious problem. Let me just move, move this over here. And we'll come back to it. Here is what I want to get into next. That was kind of disjointed. The point is we want to continue going with the what people are dealing with and the the risk, the level of it, right? So we have now a guardian op-ed, people telling you experts speaking out, and they haven't even tested for this. Here is a, a, a local report basically speaking with this guy on the ground who we've already seen discuss what he's dealing with on the ground. Listen to what he has to say. This is It's just very shocking how different this is from what you'll hear from any corporate outlet or, I mean, half the independent at this point. It's actually kind of crazy. Now, again, this is what he's seeing and what he's reporting, but some of these things he's talking about, we've already proven. The reports coming from their, like, for instance, the things they found on the 8th and the 9th, now expose that they did find levels that were dangerous, but they told everyone to come back. But where is that in the corporate media? All this kind of stuff has been coming out. It's just, they just don't tell you about it, and I guess that's enough to let nobody be held accountable. That's why I chose that image today. All of these entities, whether the Fox News, CNN, White House, all of them seem to be completely allowing this to happen. Ben Ratner is one of them. He lives in East Palestine. He owns a business about a half an hour east of town, and he is with us once again this morning. Uh, ben, it's nice to see you again. The last time you and I spoke, um, you were quite emotional about everything that you and your family and your kids are dealing with. How are you feeling this morning? Um, I feel like I have a little better control over things. It was really uh, kind of a raw moment seeing the footage and things like that just kind of coming together last time. I think things are a lot more complex. It's not any easier than it was. There's a lot of things that are being found out as we go along as far as more chemicals and then the byproducts of those chemicals burning. The fact that there wasn't soil sampling done until the 12th. Uh, there's a lot to be said for. Our that guy with the red cap is the guy the video we were going to show you of the guy taking samples 
right? And the point is that this is the first example. This is this is the and we're not. They're still as other than this guy not even testing for dioxins, but they haven't even taken those samples until way after they let everybody come back. I mean, this is my point. Every single one of these individual examples, it's just like the COVID narrative. Every single one of these things expose it all. How is that possible? How can anybody rationalize that? Yeah, come on back. It's completely safe. And then, and then we'll test the, the ground soil. That, I mean, that's just, that's a willful choice to not do what seems to be necessary, likely for the same reason. Because if you test it, you'll find something. State's response and how that impacted the federal response. Mm-hmm. Talk about some of the complexities. What are the biggest questions that you want answered right now? I think it's good that there's been third party independent research happening. There's been uh, Johns Hopkins people putting out information as far as air sampling needs to be done instead of air monitoring. I think that's good information. It just now that there has been the air sampling, Texas A&M and Purdue came in and found non-chemicals still in the air one of which at potentially cancer-causing levels. So just hear that nine independents come in, nine chemicals in the air as of this report, right? This is, this is two days ago. Nine chemicals still in the air, one of which was above cancer-causing levels. Same point, just that one alone. They know that, clearly. Why, aren't we, why does it take some kind of independent person to step in and say, oh my God, there's still nine chemicals in the air you're breathing. Now, even if you pretend that's below levels that are... It, this is the point about these risks. Maybe it's below some some consensus of these corrupt agencies about what's allowable. The point is, even if it's below that level, you still have some effect. You're still breathing in a chemical. And then the point is, what about if you're breathing in nine chemicals at the same time, all below the level? Do they then become above the level? It's like the same vaccine. Point. Well, you got all these super low risk things in a gigantic pile. Well, the risk is obviously larger. A lot of this is just willful. You know what I mean? Like this is a good, and by the way, this is always, again, what is the usual? They just fall right into their old routine. The media steps in, toes these lines, and it takes months later, years later for independents to step in and make the case. And then if, if then barely has some kind of consequence for them. Oh, look, a balloon. Oh, dang it. Into this. And if there had been this level of updates until two days ago, they started doing regular uh, press briefings at- you know, safe one day, I mean, literally and physically air, one of which at potentially cancer-causing levels, it's it's hard to really unpack. And also, I mean, literally and physically, uh, you know, it, we, we want to stay there. And it's kind of this push-pull of, you know, safe one day, not feeling safe the other day, not getting continual updates until two days ago. They started doing regular uh, press briefings at 4 p.m., so... Not until February 28th did they start giving regular press briefings to the people that are suffering from their mistake. But they care about you, though. It's something we're almost a month into this, and if there had been this level of attention early on, I think it would, we'd be in a different place than where we are right now. Well, Describe yeah. your level of trust in the information that you're receiving now and throughout how it compares to the beginning and what you're being told at this point. I think the information we're getting now is better. I still feel like there, it depends on where the information is coming from. Early on in these situations, just historically, the person or entity at fault is generally the person controlling the narrative early on. They're most familiar with the situation and the products that they were carrying. And in our case in Ohio, new EPA director, um, there's an article now from uh, the Lever 
really talks about the ties to the railroad company with our state government and how it's hard to really think how that couldn't impact the lackluster performance uh, thereafter. That's what's that's why it's called a captured agency, right? These are compromised entities that at the very least have conflicts of interest, which is not supposed to be the case. And they just allow it because the same reasons we've already discussed. Not still not clearing it, declaring it a disaster area. Meanwhile, now, the- now think about that in the contrast to these other events we showed, we just showed you far, far less severe in the context of how much was released. And, and on top of that, we have multiple other chemicals involved with this. And yet they have no disaster no, there. And they're just letting people go back to living there. No problem. They literally buried some of it under railroad tracks within 24 hours and had trains running over it. But again, yeah, they clearly care about you, though. The governor of Pennsylvania has submitted charges to his attorney general for review in Norfolk Southern for just gross negligence. And, and of course, that all gets boiled, gets jammed into a partisan argument, right? No, it's conspiracy theory because of left-right politics, and that's how this game works. And they can mire the conversation for two months in a left-right conversation. Well, it's too late by then. The point is, though, we don't need that conversation. That's how they trip, they manipulate all of us. It's not a conspiracy theory to point out the obvious. And one side or the other will always step in and call the obvious conspiracy theory. I don't know why Ohio hasn't done that yet. Right. There are a lot of people involved in lawsuits against Norfolk Southern. I spoke with an attorney representing clients last week. Are you part of some of these lawsuits, Ben, at this point? Uh, We've been researching a few of them. We haven't been a part of one in particular. There's a lot I'm learning as far as the way that these meetings and information, information meetings are set up that we really have to be reaching out to them ourselves and, and getting information from the attorneys directly. Um, there's only so much that they can tell us ahead of time just to come out and talk. There's many different uh, people. Out- now, just right there. You see that big line of fire? Okay, guys, this is what they did. They dumped this out and they just burned it right on the ground. Look at the line there. Like the idea that they couldn't have put something on the ground with that much, with at least a day's notice to do this. More than that, actually. I just th- I just know at that point always stands out to me. That's the same thing that Aaron Brockovich pointed out. No ground lining. They just dumped it right on the ground, which guaranteed some level of contamination of the soil and groundwater. It's a choice. All of it was a choice. Out there, trying not to sign up with an ambulance chaser. You know, so we want to sign up with somebody who's reputable and can represent us well. So we're just trying to take our time for that decision. I know the clock is ticking, but um, I believe we have a little bit of time still. And how about Norfolk Southern? Have they reached out to you? They've asked people to sign things as well. Have they been testing on the property? Where does that stand at your home and also your business? Yeah, we did get our VOCs tested before we went home. Uh, Something I found recently is results uh, about particulate matter. It's like PM 2.5, and there's multiple uh, locations that showed levels above screening level, that came out on the 8th uh, to the 9th. And that's whenever they told us to go home. So that's something that's a little bit alarming about. Not just alarming, guys. I mean, this that, that's four examples now in this one interview of provable points in which the EPA either didn't tell them of a risk and told them to come back or withheld something that we obviously know was happening. That's just unbelievable. I mean, really, no, it's consistent, but people should realize how shocking that is with what we're told. But also don't forget that we went door to door and at least in one case got caught giving somebody a uh, whatever the term was called, a a hold harmless agreement if they were to get the money. Right. As well as the fact that we have reports now of Norfolk Southern offering to buy up people's land, which is obviously one of these problems with BlackRock and the overlap. That's that's very real. So that's another issue to this. Now, is that just a byproduct, a, a taking advantage, or was that the plan? I mean, we, we should ask these questions. I, I don't think that just because of how many other dynamics there are to this, but it's certainly possible.
I think it's just, you, and then you can't, it's hard to stand back and see the overlapping of all of these, how they all seem to go in the same direction. Now, again, that could just be them corralling everything happening in the way they want it to go, but it's the same level of dishonesty, however you look at it. Just asking yourself whether you think they planned it or not, and that matters. Either way, though, can we all agree we're being lied to in every possible way? The particulate matter. We did have our home VOCs tested, and so we changed our air filters. We cleaned a lot of things with, with you know, like diluted bleach and Dawn is what they told us. We're- <laughs> My God, right? So they're sending this stuff off to be treated at special facilities, and even then, they're not even sure if they can completely get rid of the dioxin. But yeah, just put some bleach and soap on it, and you're good. <laughs> I just think the ignorance, the will. I mean, the point is, don't forget this guy on the ground. They want to get red cap again was the one who said all they tested for was generic VOCs, which is why they knew they wouldn't find the things that they were. And that's that's how this game is being played. Just under a mile out, there's people that are a lot closer that I feel like maybe homes took on smoke and they're not getting a lot of guidance as far as taking things out of their homes, what to do with them after they get them out. And so there's still a lot like that's why I was saying is complex. There's there's still a lot to unpack here as far as uh, the direction the town's going to go what people are going to get cleaned up, how this right. is actually going to get cleaned up. So. Well, and I wonder, you know, as I look at pictures of your kids um, in our previous discussion, what questions they're asking you? What are you telling your kids right now? I know they missed a lot of school because of this. I think that, that's the gist of it. One of the points was that they, they, they missed a game and this one of these schools that was going to come play with them just took a forfeit and said, nope, <laughs> we're, not, we're not going to your town. Think about that. So this entire team made a conscious choice, or rather the administration did, that even though the EPA is going totally safe, that they're like, no, thank you. We're not even going to come and play. We'll take a we'll take a loss. Like, just take a minute, actually, and, and reflect on what that shows you about the bigger picture, that people, average people, are like, we do not trust the government right now, not the EPA, not any of them. I just think that shows you what I think is really important right now, that people are, are asking questions they never really have before. I mean, that means parents, the administration, the entire team is just like, nope, we're not going, even though the EPA is promising us everything's okay. That is a huge shift, guys. And I think it's a good thing because people should have always been questioning them, always. Trust in government, science, those, are, those, things, are, those things are mutually exclusive. You should never trust any of these things. One, because they could just be wrong, but also because historically it's like the dumbest thing possible. Right. I mean, it's the same thing that five out of four to five doctors tell you smoking is the best thing. There's ways it can be manipulated. They could be wrong. So it's not like you just disregard it. You engage with it, but you question it. No matter what you think or what you trust, the people or what you believe in, you simply engage with it. And then you ask questions. Trusting politicians will guarantee we end up right where we are now. Now, here's a quick overlap. I wanted to make clear again. So here's the CNN article from 1995, CNN Environment Unit. I just had this quick image because that always goes away. Now, these are important points that I want to reiterate here. It says, as dioxin becomes airborne, which is what we saw, both here and in that, and this original uh, older one, the Sebasto disaster, which was apparently a really big deal with far less amount. It says, as it becomes airborne, it travels thousands of miles away. Thousands of miles with the amount we saw and the small, small, small level that's actually hugely dangerous. And then the point is that that it's extremely low levels, which can cause these problems thousands of miles away. They know all of this. Dioxin ends up in animals fat, which we just talked about. And then when you eat them, it goes into your fat. <clears throat> now, it says the EPA says chlorine compounds like dioxin can cause serious health problems. But apparently they're baffled by it today. 
It says, from reading what you found on the fast food, <clears throat> this is interesting. So this is CNN speaking with the doctor who did an investigation around dioxins, finding its way into the process through making these fast food uh, and, uh, products. And the point is that they went into them and because the point is in this manufacturing process or the way that they make these things. And, you know, this point is you won't find this in organic stuff unless it happens to be growing under the ground in Ohio right now. The point is they tested all the garbage from McDonald's and KFC and, and Pizza Hut and whatever else. And the point is he found it and it says they found already found higher levels in all of these foods than what the EPA had said was safe in 1995. One year after this huge problem over here, 1994, was the other disaster, right? And the doctor says, right. They were surprised by that. <laughs> you, yeah, you don't say. And guess what it says? They found about 8 to 150 times more dioxins than the EPA feels would be a reasonable level. And then apparently nothing happened. I just, that still just blows my mind. The restaurant, at the point, they, they basically say the restaurants can't help it, that it's been built up in the food chain. That's why the EPA wants to change the standards, which apparently didn't happen. Reproductive issues, immunity, interesting. But then down here, they make the point that it ends up in kids. It says the children who are exposed to these high levels perform poorly in memory tests. They didn't know whether the exposure caused ADHD, ADHD, memory skills, impacted the fetal stage. But today, apparently, we're not even asking questions. That makes sense, right? Well, here again is where we want to reiterate that, that Biden was... Two, two hours we were there. So the EPA was involved in the decision or allowed Norfolk Southern to do what it wanted and they're culpable for it anyway. Either way, there's no way to pretend that they some level didn't know that doing this would cause exactly what we're dealing with. And this, this, this shocking kind of, it's sped up by 10 times. So you can see. So they decided to light this on fire. Now, immediately you saw the black smoke, which would have told them, as they know better, that that's not that's a problem. And then immediately when you start to see it, like literally become the atmosphere. Obviously, you're aware this is either what you wanted or a huge mistake. But it just continued. Now, I'm not going to say you could that maybe they didn't have a way to stop it. Either it doesn't even matter. Mistake or choice. I mean, mistake or, or willful action of, of or, you know, criminal act, they're still culpable for it. And right now it's still being covered up, no matter how you spin this. Something tells me, though, there's more involved with this choice than just continually making the worst possible choice in a series of like 14 choices. I just don't find that to be possible. I just think it's important to see this, to really see the breadth of the problem. It's overwhelming. And realize these are the people that are living right there. And then this cloud drifted Remember, the smell, 40 miles away. People over seven miles away had stuff landing on their houses. People in that same area had the cloud envelop their entire farm. And they told people only one mile, only one mile. Man. Look at how far that went, guys. This, I mean, and here's, here's a really alarming thing to think about. Again, or rather just the, the movie, right? The whole white noise overlap, which is just ridiculous. It's just, it's almost exactly of, from the movie. The, the way it felt, the way it looked. I mean, everything about this. There's a few differences, but the major overlaps. And you have the points, obviously. I'm not even going to get into that. We talked about those in the past. Nothing you can prove, but it's very, very ridiculous. The social engineering potentially behind all these things. And you can see where it was burned. You know, all this different stuff. And these, these trains are running right now. All good, running right over toxic waste. 
My God. So this brings us back to the animal conversation, right? So it's very clear, very clear that people are still struggling. I mean, it's undeniable. You've got rashes, people speaking up all over the place. If you have anybody on the ground talking to people or telling them, look, I've got headaches. We just read one from the corporate media that was telling that this woman was saying, I get a headache when I go in my house right now. This was like two days ago. And the only time I feel better is when I go, go to work 20 miles away. And then when I come home back home, everything starts back up again. These people are literally living in a disaster area and nobody's telling them that. If they're not, I mean, if you can't clearly tell. But so we have multiple deer that was found. We just showed you the video all over the place, right around this area. We just talked about this. This is the USA Today article from the February 16th. Stupidly, just like everything else, this person up here goes, we have no evidence of non-aquatic species. And then two, uh, two paragraphs later is where they cite Teresa McGuire, who I just spoke to. She has received reports from more than 20 families as of the 13th, and it's only gotten worse since then. And some of the animals were diagnosed by their veterinarians with vinyl chloride poisoning. Now, here's what's interesting. This, as I understand it, as as Teresa told me, is actually a misrepresentation by USA Today. Now, she didn't point out USA Today, but whoever is covering it like this is apparently taking it out of context. Doesn't surprise me the corporate media would do that, maybe intentionally. The point is that she says, I'll play the video for you, or the, the recording of our phone call, that there's no way to test specifically for vinyl chloride poisoning, but they do test for poisoning. And so the reality is they're finding all these animals that are being poisoned. So you could argue it's from something else, maybe dioxin. Either way. That's what they're finding, and all they can continue to say, according to the, even the BBC, is no evidence. That's it. No evidence at all. Well, that is evidence. Her report is evidence, Let it, and it's, in fact, proof when you realize what she's actually showing you. Now, here was the report from this, and you can read through this in general. It's, it's alarming. Here's the number, if you'd like to call it. The point is they're finding several animals, were, were reports that they've tested. They got, uh, where was it, right here? Animals are sick as, as far as seven miles outside the area. We just heard the same thing. Humane Society got one report of a small dog whose hind legs became paralyzed and is still paralyzed. Uh, well, it's not back to full strength as of now. Uh, there's a report that seemed to suggest it was still basically paralyzed. McGuire said another report. Uh, you'll, you'll find all these overlapping reports, but guess where you won't hear this? The corporate media. Other, other than this is like the only report I've been able to find that actually cited this. I'm, I'm like half expecting it to be quietly removed and then, we'll, oh, updated <laughs> February 26th. That's what happens, right? But the point is you can read through this and you'll see a lot of more, a lot of reports about stuff that it's, it's far, right? Now, here is a local corporate news report saying East Palestine pets were taken in by this humane society. Now, this is the one we're talking about, Columbiana County Humane Society. Just making it clear this wasn't just some, like, made-up story. This is a real place in, in uh, uh, oh, it's East Palestine, Ohio, or right near the area. I don't know if it's Columbiana County. I imagine that's what it is. Just I don't want to say that just in case it's wrong. The point being, because there are places even where I live where the name is something county, but it's not actually in exactly that county, but who cares? The point being, it's a real place, and she did take in all these animals, and they even were covering it from corporate media, and even USA Today pointed that out. Okay, so here's the actual place. Again, if you'd like to reach out, she's saying, anybody that's got a problem, if you're not sure, call, reach out, we'll do what we can to help you, which I really appreciate. Now, I, I got the number down here, and I tried to call all the way since... The first time I heard about this, actually, which was the 16th. So it's taken me all the way until to yesterday to finally get a hold of somebody. Nobody was answering the phone, or maybe I just got consistently unlucky for that whole time. But she answered today, and something tells me that there was a reason, you know, maybe, I don't know, because, well, here, here jumping, jumping the gun a little bit. My point about this today and yesterday was that a lot of these reports are now coming out as of a couple of days ago into today, saying it's all fake news, as usual, right? 
some animal testing return. And the point is, it's not what you thought. And here, people are lying. Here's a Facebook post that made it all up. Well, guess what? None of them are actually pointing at what she actually reported. So I've uploaded this to Rumble, at least so you could have somewhere to, to see the full thing. It's only three minutes. Again, an example of why, even though I appear to have bl- Twitter blue, <laughs> I've never paid for it, and I can't upload long videos. So I don't know how I ended up getting this weird situation where I have Twitter blue, and it says that I paid for I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I check my bank. Nothing's coming out. And every time I click the subscribe button, it tells me to sign up. And I tried posting a longer video. It won't let me, but I'll happily take a free subscription. But anyway, the point is, here's this video. Let's play this. And this is me speaking with Teresa McGuire, executive director of Columbiana Humane Society. And what she says is, is pretty shocking. Hi, this is Ryan Christian with T-Lab Media. Um, I'm calling to try to get a hold of Teresa McGuire. Is she available? This is Teresa. Hi, Teresa. This is Ryan Christian. Uh, do you have a moment to speak with me? I do. I just wanted to clarify a couple of things. Uh, There's been some reports from USA Today regarding vinyl chloride poisoning of animals at your facility. Well, not at our facility, but with uh, people that we're helping that are in the East Palestine community, yes. Correct. Okay, I just wanted to clarify about the – so this was a confirmed test, or this was just people calling and reporting this to you? These are – People calling in reporting and with uh, vet reports stating that uh, suspicion of poisoning. There's no actual test for vinyl chloride poisoning, so but they are having symptoms uh, related to poisoning. They're being treated as such and showing uh, getting better for the most part. Not all are getting better, but, but some are. Well, that's great news. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, well, is there anything else that you're noticing during these tests? I mean, I'm calling I'm, I'm calling on behalf of people from Ohio that have been reaching out to try to find out, you know, the breadth of the problem. And so right. from, from what you're seeing, is there any indication that there's a larger problem that's being discussed or that there's still an ongoing problem? There's still an ongoing problem. And could you elaborate on that for me? Uh, well, we're still uh, getting calls of animals being sick, not returning to themselves, having uh, mild neurological symptoms, uh, still not really having much of an appetite, throwing up a white foamy substance after they drink water, um, those types of things. We've not heard of any that have been, uh, other than the initial, there was two cats and a dog that I know uh, recommended for euthanasia, so they did have to do that, but that was early on. Um, Now we're just seeing more of the sickness and uh, lethargy uh, type of symptoms that Mm -hmm. seem to be lingering. What's the farthest that you've gotten reports of this? Uh, I would say we've we've gotten reports all the way three hours away. But in, in reality, ones that we would say may be related to the incident are within a 10 mile radius. Wow. Okay. That's good to know. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Is there anything else you'd think that the people of Ohio would like to know about what you're seeing there? Uh, No. The only thing I highly recommend is a lot of people are calling in with these symptoms, and that's great. We want to keep track of that. We want to keep a record of all this. But Mm -hmm. please, no matter what, whether you think it's related or not, if your animal is acting off, go to the vet. That's good good advice. Well, I appreciate your time, and thank you for what you're doing. You're giving people at least somewhere to – to go for help so thank you appreciate yeah, that thank you so much thank you okay bye-bye Bye. 
Well, <clears throat> I mean, it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's a reach out for yourself. Talk to them. Do your own due diligence, as always. The reality is that she, they, they, I mean, that in no way adds up with what we're being told. Ten miles away, many of these have been confirmed as the as you as many of the not. I mean, all these reports you can read for yourself, and she discussed the same thing. Some of them are anecdotal, which is the point she made, but some of them are being confirmed. They don't know whether it's vinyl chloride, but these animals are being are coming down with something all in a weird area, all around the same local, all central to this one point. I mean, it just becomes impossible not to see what's going on. It's just disgusting how much this is being covered up. Now, here is the point I was getting out before. Here's one from the end of February saying, final uh, uh, necropsy results on four other animals previously submitted to the Ohio Department of Agriculture Disease, so they get their own animals dead and submitted, showed no findings to support chemical toxicity as a cause of death. Okay, great. So you have these random groupings of animals that all died right around this time frame, and you, just, you don't find anything. Now, are you even looking for it? Are you testing for only the broad VOCs, guaranteeing that you won't find it? Are you testing for dioxins? No, I guarantee that's not what's happening. That's my opinion. Either way, I've also read that te- dioxin in general is a difficult thing to test for and find evidence that that's what caused, as well as the fact that the ultimate point is that it's impossible to prove that this is something that actually, like they were just talking about this in regard to the dioxin overall problem. That should this be something that is, ends up being proven, which I think it's basically already done, that one of the reasons this might be the direction that was chosen is because it then becomes almost impossible to prove that the contamination was a direct result of what happened from what they did. Even though we know that burning it causes that, there's like in a court of law, for example, this is what the experts were saying. It's, it's almost impossible to prove the connection, which I, I mean, think about that. So they maybe just said, well, let's do this so we can guarantee vinyl chloride is not the thing that they're going to focus on. I mean, I'm just thinking outside the box. Call me a conspiracy theorist. theorist. <laughs> Plenty do, despite how many times we continue to show you the reality. But the point is that they're going, nope, test results. Oh, from these other ones are still pending, but the point is no toxicity. There is no information suggesting that pets are not safe outside. What do you mean there's no information suggesting that? You mean aside from all the reports of animals dying outside? You mean from the tests for poisoning? You mean from the animals dying around the area? You mean from all the deer and the fish and everything? No, nothing though. What happens if your dog runs up and drinks out of the river? Oh, we're not even talking about this stuff. My God, this is just wildly irresponsible that they can even say such a thing. Now, here's corporate America pointing out this this video. Same thing. Now, here's this is the kind of this is like the beginnings of the same kind of ridiculous, irresponsible fact checks or rather opinion checks that we got around COVID-19. Same way they did this one. Here's a Facebook post saying this is happening. And here's how we can prove that they lied. And guess what? That means everything else is fake. Very intelligent. Let's, Let's listen to what it says. train derailment earlier this month we've been hearing about animals getting sick from exposure to toxic chemicals and this post from a butler county dog owner has gone viral on facebook today channel 11's nicole ford went straight to the dog's vet to clear up the message and get advice for other pet owners it started with a facebook post that's now gone viral. i'm sure glad she showed her phone otherwise i would have been confused That poster came here to see her vet, but that vet tells me the post doesn't show the whole story. (laughs) Again, I just love making the love poses out. The way that their cadence is just so organic, isn't it? Doesn't show the whole story. Doesn't show the whole story. 
It's a chemical explosion scene around the region. No, it's a chemical fire that was lit on purpose. Like, they keep trying to conflate this with the crash explosion so people think that it just happened. It's not, it, that's not by accident. The toxic chemicals released into the air have residents worried not just for themselves, but their animals too. Chicken birds uh, have been one of the most affected species. Um, they're very small, small lungs. Uh, lung or uh, oxygen capacity. Reports of flocks of chickens dying has pet owners worried miles out from the train derailment site. Okay, how exactly do you then argue with that statement that there's no evidence of animals dying? Well, that's obviously evidence. Whether you proved it or not, it's still evidence. I guess they just don't understand the difference between evidence and proof, or maybe they don't care to. This Facebook poster in Mars showed up to her vet, Dr. Cynthia Morrow, as her dog was experiencing abnormal symptoms. If they are uh, resistant to eating or they start coughing or having respiratory signs, eye discharge, red eyes, or uh, even vomiting, I would encourage people to go to your veterinarian. That's what this woman did. But the big misconception in her post is this line. He tested positive for exposure to vinyl chloride and two other chemicals from the derailment. Dr. Morrow says there is absolutely no blood or tissue test yet available to test for those chemicals and wants to clear the message up as the post went viral. I well, here's interesting. Think about the, if they if this was a way to try to if you know whether this is a fake post is one thing, right? Just put out to be able to be debunked. But also the ar argument: <clears throat> Are we talking about? If the person said vinyl chloride when all they got told is it was poisoning, just like we just heard, and then the news contorts that into it wasn't vinyl chloride, which they make it sound like they mean no poisoning as opposed to just not vinyl chloride. Did tell the owner because her pet suffers from an autoimmune disease that her pet may have had toxic exposure, that her pet reacted as it would if there was exposure disease, that her pet suffers from an autoimmune disease. That I did tell the owner because her pet suffers from an autoimmune disease that her pet may have had toxic exposure. Now, autoimmune disease, let's understand this, by the way, on a quick side note. I, I can almost promise you that a lot of what we're seeing and like um, almost all these dogs breaking out with all these weird things, that's not normal. That's because they're being injected with all sorts of crazy things. And God knows where this mRNA direction, which is already happening with animals, as Dr. Bakhti just told us and not even being told about it, where that goes. But just so that understand that, like that's the same thing we're seeing everywhere else. Same things happen to animals. That her pet reacted as it would if there was exposure. But I can't know which chemicals that pet was exposed to and if it's related to the derailment. Well, okay, now see this is exactly the point. So a chemical. So something happened and it was exposed. And that's what the vet just said. But that gets turned into, well, not vinyl chloride's not what it is. Therefore, it's not this train. These people are ridiculous. She is treating the dog. She wants the public to be informed. Currently, there is no test, but that doesn't mean there won't be one down the line. You see, that's the game. There won't be one down the line. <laughs> These people, what are they, robots? Now, the point is, guys, that it's obvious what's being said there. But they bend that into what gets posted as this post isn't true, that that's not what's happening. No, all you said was there's no test that tests for vinyl chloride, which is exactly what we just heard from Teresa McGuire. But the reality is that there is chemical exposure and the dog did get affected by it. So what was that from? I mean, think about the effort to go that far to hide an obvious problem. These, this is, I mean, that's criminal as far as I'm concerned.
And again, here's the BBC very recently saying there is no evidence that any terrestrial animals. Obviously, that's a lie, but no shock from the BBC. And I'll just include this. This was one of the ones we shared from all the way back on the 9th, which obviously also showed evidence of the same damn thing. And this was the point, guys. We saw evidence of the foxes. Well, I bet you doesn't even play now. It wouldn't surprise me if they removed it. This video right here that hopefully loads, it showed all the foxes and uh, the, 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 okay, that guy right there. Perfect. We saw this, guys. I mean, th- is this not evidence? All these, all these foxes were like breaking their legs trying to get out of the cages because they were clearly worried something. Were, and they were. They got sick. Some of them died. They had eyes problems. No evidence, though. Fake news. All the way back on the 9th. That's the day they said, yeah, come on back. You're all good. So before we go forward, I don't see how this can possibly be ignored anymore, even if it ever was. Now, I am in no way saying that there's not something else going on. In fact, I strongly think that there is. Before we even get into that, we just need to make sure we all acknowledge what this is regardless. Whether this was desi- done to execute something else or what's done to cover something else up, the, peri- the bottom line is what this is, for whatever it's being done, is a huge deal. It is a very, very big deal that is going to cause lasting effects no matter how you slice this at this point. And it still is not even being tested for. So we need to expose that. Don't miss the forest for the trees. Make sure that the biggest environmental disaster in U.S. history is acknowledged as such. And then ask, why did they create it if they did? Why did they allow it to happen if they did? What are they covering up if this is happening? Right? These are important questions that we should never shy away from. And those are the ones they're most afraid of you asking. And that's why they try to scare you from asking them. But this is the next part of this to finish with the second half of COVID-19. And the overlap of why I, do, I really think this is important overlap, like whether and we could guess about how these things overlap. But just thinking about the, the, the health in general, the focus on your health, the biosecurity, all this stuff overlaps. But as organic live food points out, there are too many people counting calories and not enough people counting chemicals. The meme says it's wild to me how people are so afraid of germs, but are not afraid of carcinogens, pesticides, toxins and chemicals. Because we've been propagandized to do as much, right? And you could argue the germs are more dangerous, but you know what the interesting part about this is, assuming that that's even there, is that we are talking about something that is not con- that you have to get infected by, that you know potentially aren't hurt by, that's not serious for everybody. Meanwhile, you have basically ubiquitous carcinogens, pesticides, toxins, chemicals everywhere. You glyphosate literally around the world and back. Stuff being sprayed in the sky, stuff on the food you're eating. And we're like germs pointing at the stuff that we're not even sure. Like, think about how, I mean, that's just crazy. It's a great point. And I think that we're, that's, we're kind of getting at the crux of the issue here about what we're being manipulated about and how that's going forward. But the overlap in regard to COVID, great point by Red Pill Addict that we already we discussed earlier. But the way he phrases it here is exactly the point. As mRNA vaccines for cancer are being developed, which is happening, as well as for literally everything you could point at, how convenient is it that a chemical disaster, maybe one of the worst ever due to incompetence, question mark, will affect people over a large area, surely causing cancers in the years to come? Now, could just be a coincidence, could be malfeasance, or it could be a directed action to make cancer as we see the vaccine for COVID de, you know, de-escalate, however you want to frame it. Conspiracy theory certainly could be, or maybe not. Historically, very possible, with based on what they've done before. But of course, anybody that's afraid to even think about that question shows you that you've already been trained not to ask hard questions, even if you think they're crazy. But let's talk about the COVID-19 conversation on how what we're seeing from what's been done, the injection specifically, 
I mean, it's a spectacular disaster of its own, in its own right. Was it a failure? Or was this the point? I mean, we really start to ask, start asking this question on the surface. There's just no, I mean, there's the reason right now it's so clear to ask that question is because they're still pushing this. That's crazy. Now, whether that's an effort to hide from accountability, which is possible, or this was the point. I mean, I don't know how we don't ask that question with how hard this is being pushed with the most obvious thing, maybe in contention with Ohio right now, that I've ever seen. This is from Substack, the, uh, from Dr. William Micaias. It says, over 96 Canadian children ages 12 to 19 have died suddenly or unexpectedly in the past three months. A warning call for Canadian parents. I think it's way more than that, to be quite honest. But regardless, this is provable. And you have, I mean, just look at this. Just take a stark moment here and reflect on all of these kids. Healthy, no pre-existing problems as far as we're being told. And the idea being that this is just a sudden random cardiac problem for children. That's not normal, guys. This young baby, two years old. Oh, that's ran, unca- uh, cause of death unknown. Here's an example. Nine-year-old. Died unexpectedly. Just out of nowhere. That doesn't happen. I mean, it's possible. But the idea that this... I, I mean, here's the, even po- the big point. The, the, the SIDS point, sudden infant death syndrome, all that means is we don't know what happened. There's no provable problem. Now, that became a catch-all because that suddenly became a problem. That wasn't there before. So what happened that started this? We just love to pretend these things are just normal things. Suddenly today, it's totally normal for children to have heart attacks. That's never been the reality. It's still going, by the way. It's, I mean, this, should, this is revolting. The idea that this is being ignored. All because they're still forcing this. Now, here's an even more alarming. Somebody just sent me this today, actually. National Governors Association. Messaging in a bottle, evaluating behavioral insights to build pediatric COVID vaccine confidence. So are we, I mean, let's be clear. I've done, I've beaten this to death, but if you haven't seen them, please look at our past work. Everything I'm going to say is backed up by peer-reviewed science. This is less than the flu for almost every single person, especially under 69 years old. Dramatically less. The risk, just the same. Now, the reality being is that children are less than anybody. And overall, we have so little evidence of even hospitalization, let alone death, of children involved with the situation, assuming it's even there, to argue that they should take something that dramatically, 1 in 800, increases their risk of myocarditis. Or rather, specifically, I think it was 1 in 800 all serious adverse events. Regardless, we're talking about death, hospitalization, permanent disability. For something that's one in a million, according to the Oxford calculator for COVID-19 risk, for children under 19. But yeah, let's focus on them. Here's what it says. Increasing COVID-19 vaccine uptake among children is a complex challenge that will likely require many different strategies from governors. Because it's an absolute. Like, so Walter said, we need to manipulate these people. We need to game and plan this and make sure we a complex challenge we need to overcome. Why? I thought, shouldn't you just offer it to people? The implication is so clear here. It's not a choice. They're going to do everything in their power to get this in your body, whether or not you want it. Otherwise, they would just say, here it is. Come get it if you want it. A complex challenge that will likely require many different strategies. That just makes me sick. And it's being pushed now, despite everything we have, despite all the evidence showing you the bivalent in particular is dramatically more dangerous, which is now the one they're giving to everybody, on top of the fact that the original data from the original phase three trial shows 
that this thing was wildly dangerous. More people died than they wanted you to know about. The risk for Pfizer is 36 times more increased than the placebo group. That's from the actual trial that was just reevaluated and no one's talking about it. That's peer-reviewed, guys. Trust the science, though, right? Here is a 19-year-old dancing in India that just randomly dies at a wedding. I mean, this is almost hard to watch. Now, part of it made me a little bit skeptical because the person filming just didn't do anything. But the more you watch it, I think it's really, and it gets reported by a lot of, you know, doesn't mean it's true. Of course not. Question everything. But as far as I can tell, this very clearly happened. February 26, 2023, India Today. This kid's dancing and then just drops dead. Right, they cheer, so it's like, I don't know if they thought it was part of it. I don't know. But suddenly somebody runs up, and it gets very real. I don't know how anybody can stand there this long, though. That blows me away. Now, you can see him lift his head right there, but according to the report, he died. Like, you can see it barely lift, I think, right before he comes up. Right there. But look at that. God, this is so sad. Oh, my, my God. I mean, God, it just breaks my heart. Every time you watch these things. God, this is just, you know, it just wears on you, man. I mean, this is impossible. Here is a former U.S. Naval Academy student. Uh, Duke Payne is the name of the account. Speaks out after he got a blood clot two weeks after a Moderna COVID booster. This led to him being declared medically unfit and then kicked out of the academy. So they forced them, pressure at the very least, to get the thing that you tell you have to have, and then when it causes the inevitable problem, they then force you out of the academy. This is the world we live in right now, or rather the world we've always lived in that people are becoming aware of. Well, after getting a COVID-19 booster shot early last year, Navy midshipman Duke Paane suffered a blood clot in his lungs. He has since fully recovered, but he's now fighting the Naval Academy, which has declared him medically unfit to continue his education and his military service. It is a Fox News at Night exclusive, and we are now joined by Duke Paani. Duke, it's great to have you on. I know you have said that you believe you are an asset to the Naval Academy yes, and sir. an asset to the military, and you just, want to, you just want to serve your country. Right. So like I said, I've been there three and a half years, counting the, prep, counting the year at the prep school up right. in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. And it takes a special kind of person to, to stay there at least three and a half years, be in that environment. Right. And for the people who make it through, it kind of speaks for itself, right? Yeah. That environment, those conditions, 
you're, you have to be an asset to stay that long. Yeah, we, we talked about it. You played by the rules. I mean, you were, uh, you're, you're in the U.S. Naval Academy. And when they say, listen, you got to get the vaccine and you got to get the booster, you say, okay, that's what I do. I want to play football and I, I want to continue my career at the military academy and I want to go on and serve my country. And then you get sick. No, but see, this is why Fox News is not on your side. Did you hear what he just said? Like, he literally just towed the line about, yeah, you know, it's what you do. It's what you do. You get the jab because you want to play football. No, that's not what you do. That's the last thing you do. You stand up and realize that you're being manipulated and you push back. I'm just so tired of this ridiculous, even within the argument of people that seem to be exposing the truth. You're still laying these subtle t- lines of the same manipulation. And this is what I keep pointing out. The two-party paradigm is always in effect, guys. That just makes me sick. Obviously, this guy's not, I mean, you don't, it's not just what you do. I mean, for crying out loud, that's been the biggest exposure in regard to the military, how they forced him to take the thing when they lied about what was allowed. Oh, it's approved. No, it's going to give you the other one. I'm going to lie about it. There's lawsuits about that right now. I just can't even believe he said that, but let's keep going. And did you have any, any idea or you had a problem? Did you have any idea that this would affect your time at the Naval Academy? No, like you said, follow the rules. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Nope. That's the last thing you should do today. I mean, literally, guys. I mean, that's just unbelievable. But really, the point is that he would have known had he listened to independent media, right? Anybody. There's a lot of people out there were saying this, but he apparently, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make jump to conclusions, but he didn't know at least what he said. So he's probably watching Fox News that only jumped on this bandwagon way after the fact. And that's the type of person that... Um... That you have to be right? right. So when that when that episode happened uh, last February, it was kind of a shock to me. And going through that process and, mm. and communicating with with everyone else, I was I was kind of shocked that they yeah. would come to that decision. And how do you feel now when you were told, Duke, that you had to leave or that you weren't allowed to go back to the Naval Academy? What what went through your mind? How did you feel? It was it was devastating because like like you said, uh, my passion was football, and that was a tool to allow me to to do more and, and, and serve my country. And just so it's clear when I was saying that, obviously just based on timing, I think somebody might've misunderstood. I'm talking about the, the, co- the host, not, not the, not the guest, right? The host is the one that said, that's what you do, right? You take the shot. I'm just pointing out. That's not, that's ridiculous to even say that in this interview is almost insulting. Just if you really break it down, right? Anyway, the bottom line is you get the gist of it. It's a longer interview. The point is that this guy has been removed because he did what he was told. And then they penalized him for it. That's how this works. And then he's left with whatever lasting problems I think are obvious, even though if they didn't say that in the interview, which also seems to be obvious. But here's another example directly from the most the location with arguably the most. I mean, it's hard to say reliable info because I think all these governments and they lie. But in the let's all things considered equal, the one of the only location that only used Pfizer and forced most all of the population to get some of it. Israel is one of the best locations to have this kind of data. If this is accurate is the point, right? And because of those factors, and we have seen a lot of these important studies coming out of Israel exposing things just like this. Data from Israel's largest HMO reveal an increase in the number of cancer diagnoses starting in 2021. The same thing we're seeing in this country. The insurance companies are pointing this stuff out and they're running from this stuff right now. The data from uh, Clalit obtained through a freedom of information request also indicate an increase in the incidence of breast cancer starting in 2021, coinciding with the start of the COVID-19 vaccination campaign in Israel. The number of diagnoses is 4.5 to five times greater than the number among unvaccinated. Total coincidence though, right guys? 
Or you see, this last point is not how you, you don't play that, you know, that dumb picture they post with the two circles and say, this is why it looks like they're all being, no. The reality is that, yes, it's the majority, but it's also just the general more increased risk. You can't pretend this is a misrepresentation. 4.5 to five times greater unvaxxed versus vaxxed. And then also the majority. The bottom line here is we have an obvious, or rather just the, the dramatic increase in that, in that grouping compared to before is the right way to say that. The number of diagnoses, four to five times greater. The only way you ignore that is just by, pretend it's not relevant is to just ignore it completely and look the other direction. That's just, that's obscene. And guess what? Israel's Netanyahu on the record even said that the whole point was to test it on different types of people. You got this person has diabetes, this person has this. Let's see what happens. He said that to an interview. And yet we still pretend like it wasn't an experiment or some people do. It's a willful ignorance. Here's the Vigilant Fox and Dr. Peter McCullough pointing out that it's worse than a war. Estimated 500,000 Americans have lost their lives. And his point was that if we use the standard underreporting factors that we all used to pretend were common knowledge, you know, not to say it was 100% the fact, but an estimate, Bayer's, Yellow Card, and so on, that you would come to about 509,000 Americans. The difference is today they just ignore it entirely because, well, you can't prove it. Well, guess what? You've never been able to prove it. It's always been a reporting system based on observation, and they've always used it that way, and it's always been used to stop things with far less information. But today, apparently, it's completely off the table because crazy big news. I mean, it's just such a – this is why it's so obvious that people involved are just going along to get along. I mean, there's got to be a huge portion of people that are like, that doesn't make any sense. They just go along. It's obvious. Same thing I point out from the yellow card system. In 2006, Dr. Rain from the UK MHRK, MHRK? I always mix up the acronym. From the yellow card system in the UK, on the record in 2006, speaking with The Guardian, made this point and said, we don't need to confirm these, whether you're talking about Bayer's or yellow card. The point is it's a reporting signal system. All you need is a high enough signal and you pull the factor. You pull the product. Unless it's COVID-19, unless we're living through the biggest psychological operation in history. And then we just pretend like it's not real. Seems like every other thing we're talking about. CDC reports as of today, 92% of Americans have taken at least one shot. 79%. I think we should question that too, though. I, I mean, it seems kind of likely based on what we've known, it's been told so far, but I'm starting to question even those things now. You know, we should. But just going, going, taking on face value, that seems to be the kind of consensus. Have taken two or more shots, but only 16% are keeping up with these boosters. So that tells you, listen, you know, if the goal was to get a needle in every arm, our government did it. Mm. Americans complied. It wasn't like we dissuaded anybody from taking the vaccines, but they simply didn't work. But then also we, they, people stopped doing it. One, because they didn't work, but also because people started to see the reality. And that's why it's all but completely collapsed now. Likely now why we're going to get to the point of why different governments are starting to go, okay, well, we're going to pull these back now because they're not working now. And now we're suffering the fallout. The short-term damage was enormous. And, 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 and we're seeing these broad categories of cardiovascular, neurologic, hematologic, and immunologic damage and, and injuries. We have now estimates, three different sources Estimates that in the first year of the campaign published 250,000 Americans lost their lives with the vaccine. Almost everybody within 30 days have taken it. And now the current estimates are if we use standard underreporting factors from our vaccine event reporting system, the current tally now 
is 509,000 Americans have lost their lives with the vaccine. Uh, that's that's a, two, a disastrous two-year campaign. That's worse than a war. Um, people have died after the injection. Man, it's pretty shocking. Now, people, the people that want to dismiss that will just dismiss it because they've been handed the narrative. Here's what you're supposed to say. Oh, his whole life has been debunked, didn't you know? Well, good. It makes it simple for you to be ignorant. Well, here's another point. He says serious COVID-19 events include heart attacks, strokes, hospitalizations for heart failure, abnormal heart rhythms, and sadly, cardiac arrest, most of which are fatal from a regulatory convention, uh, uh, COVID vaccine, excuse me, 30 days after injection, all events are directly attributed to the emergency use products, which, by the way, they're still being administered, despite not being an emergency, likely ever, on top of that, not even being legally valid anymore, but who cares? The point is, Steve Kirk is showing you the actual graph. It should be a flat line. We're talking about Medicare data going into the point of, of you know, basically, if you look at the percentage versus the, the number of days of the event after the vaccine, the point is this should be flat. It's not. I mean, look at the look at the information we're seeing. All, I mean, look, you're getting all the way up to 112, 120, 144 days afterward. And you're having I mean, this the bottom line is this can't be ignored anymore. It says more importantly, why isn't the CDC releasing the data? It's in Medicaid, Medicare, excuse me, and they can easily pull it. This is why the CDC will never release the data. Everything about this is exposed right now. People are just choosing not to see it. Here's another doctor speaking out. Now, given without actually saying the elephant in the room, but it's quite clear what he's getting at. Listen for yourself. Dr. Joel Roman coming to you today with some terrible news. I just found out that an old good friend of mine who's roughly my age had passed away this weekend, another victim of sudden cardiac death. And it seems like we're hearing these reports all too commonly nowadays. I can tell you as a physician, prior to 2020, I had maybe one patient total who just dropped dead suddenly. It's a very rare thing to have happen. Here in the last year or two, it seems like we've heard dozens of these stories among people that we know friends of ours. So something is going on. Uh, The numbers are terribly skewed here as of late. Normally, I can tell you as a physician, people succumb to chronic injuries, right? Chronic, chronic disease, things like renal failure, liver failure, respiratory failure. Maybe you've been fighting off of pneumonia in the hospital for three to four weeks. We are seeing an exponential rise specifically in sudden cardiac death, and something's got to be causing it. You probably can take a guess as to what has changed in the last year or two. I think it's high time that we take these seriously and we look into what's going on among our American citizens because something is causing a drastic increase in sudden cardiac death, and we need to find out why. Now, you could argue he meant COVID, but I kind of don't get that from what he's saying there. And that's kind of what I think he, why he didn't say. Obviously, he'd say COVID if he meant it because that's not, that's not taboo, right? Either way, my, 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 he's clearly pointing at the obvious problem, but without saying it. And the, my point would be that even if we don't say it, they're all going to attack you for it anyway. So just come out with it. Have the courage. Step right into it and be like, this is causing it. This is what I see. Or rather, at least we should ask if it is. Because, I mean, look at like Woody Harrelson, for example. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't even really say it, and he got attacked for it anyway. You know, it's like, just, we just need to stop soft-pedaling <laughs> around this whole thing and just push into the reality and just call it what it is. I mean, we're so far past needing to prove this anymore. And here's the reality, guys. 
Here's Lamonde. This is I wasn't even sure this was real because uh, before I looked it up the other day before the sh- or yesterday before the show was be- because it just it's hard. It's almost hard to believe that this would be happening after all they've said about this. This is uh, from Lamonde, gigantic outlet in France. Primary vaccination for general population no longer recommended by the French health authority. Why? How does that even make sense? Aren't you the ones screaming that every single person needs to get this? We're all going to die, herd immunity, or what about the fact that they need to keep getting them? Like, maybe that means that going forward, they're all going to get their boosters instead. I mean, I don't even know how that plays out, but that is not the line. Over, I mean, you can read it for yourself. The point is exactly what you might expect. They're basically saying, you know, we're no longer recommending this. And the argument is that this is this, the severity of the problem is dissipated. No, I think the point is they're now trying to downplay this and roll this back because it's obvious that people have realized what's going on and you can't hide the severity anymore. I, that's, I mean, that's what I think. But either way, how do you, how do we're standing here saying this is a problem? Now you're having entire health authorities pull this thing back while our government is pushing even harder. That is the most obvious contradiction. New South Wales Premier calls for the end of COVID vaccine mandates. Like, did you not, by the way, you should be shocked in its own right that there was even still mandates happening in New South Wales, which they were, which is unbelievable up until February 2023. But they say, they have no impact on transmission. Remember when that was a fake news story? It's like everything we've said from the beginning has turned out to be correct. Here is an example. Chief Nerd shares this. Former Houston Methodist uh, a nurse speaking about how she has seen personal examples on the record speaking about this. How she was told how they weren't supposed to report vaccine side effects. How they weren't supposed to tell, to basically hide the real problem. Now you could say she's lying. But we have a lot of testimony like this, and I think we're beginning to see what was really going on. Whatever the reasoning by, behind doing that, again, it doesn't really matter. It's dishonest, and they were hiding things that you had a right to know about that would put you at risk. They didn't care. My name's Jennifer Bridges. Um, I'm, an, I'm, I'm still a nurse, but I was fired from Houston Methodist. I'm the one you might have seen all over the news. We were the first one mandated with a COVID shot. So I blew it up on the national media. We have a huge state and federal lawsuit because we didn't want to be guinea pigs. We saw for ourselves in the hospital people coming in with adverse reactions after getting the Pfizer shot. And the crazy thing is, is let me tell you a couple things about Methodist Hospital down in Houston, Texas. When they first started with COVID, I did that COVID unit on and off the whole time till they fired me in June, right? They started the first two months with hydroxychloroquine. They actually used it in the hospital. Then they cut it back real quick, switched it to remdesivir and all these other expensive drugs. And we're like, why? And we would ask these doctors. No one could give us a reason. They just said, well, the hospital policy changed. But they didn't know why. That's an important point. That's how this works. It's not, it's not informed decision-making in most of these cases. They're being handed down mandates from the groups above them that they've been trained to blindly listen to. Now, that's not the way it always used to be, as far as I understand it. But we've dramatically driven in this direction. And it's been it's, the co- last COVID illusion three years has been very clearly, has very clearly shown us that, it, among a lot of other things. Hi. And you know, most of those doctors in that hospital would not even go in those COVID rooms There was maybe two that would. They would stand outside, make us dress up head to toe, and go in with an iPad. So the only form of communication those doctors would have at Houston Methodist with the COVID patients was through an iPad. So literally, we'd go in there, they'd be talking to them, never assess the lungs, never look at them, nothing, go to discharge them, 
I would come back out and be like, no, have you listened to them? They can't breathe. Like the wheezing's horrible. They had no clue. They weren't even looking at that. And to address one, sorry, I'm like, (laughs) I got a little emotional back here. I've been there. I've done the whole shebang, right? Even I was the first one at Methodist that they asked to do window visits because when these COVID patients were dying and they never did this with anybody else dying, family was not allowed to come in to say goodbye. They couldn't hold their hand. They were left alone in these rooms. I was asked because I was one of the most compassionate nurses they had there, will you do these window visits? They would escort family into the cafeteria windows. I would go there sweating my butt off for almost an hour and a half, two hours, just to put the phone by that loved one's ear so they could say goodbye. I would stay in there as long as I could. And other nurses, they wouldn't want to do it. They'd be like, no, it gets too hot, or I don't have time for that. And the things you would hear were just insane to me. And I'm like, I don't care about you know, what's going on with me. This is way more important. And I would stay in there with them, listening, you know, to these families say goodbye. They'd even be on the window with another cell phone and go like this so they could say goodbye. And, oh, yeah, I'll love to talk to you later. I have so much information for you. But I have, right before I got fired, and I tried the right way. I didn't go to the media at first. I actually had a meeting with my CEO and CNO at Methodist in Baytown, David Bernard and Becky Chalupa. They caught me going around with my little petition to say, you know, if people agreed with our stance, not to force us against our will. Somebody told them I was doing that. They called me into this meeting where they sat me down. They threatened me. They told me I had to stop. They could fire me over this because I was soliciting. And I told them, I said, well, what if I went to other hospitals? What do you think they would say? He looked me in the face and I said, and he said, I strongly advise you against that. And he even told me 100% compliance was more important than my individual autonomy as a nurse. And that is a huge... Well, for, for multiple reasons, actually in the interest of time, seeing as how I didn't realize I had run so long, I'm going to stop. Please watch the rest of this. Let me just real quickly go back to where we were on that. I'm going to read you what she says in case we didn't get to it. I, to be honest, I was doing something in the background that I'm going to show you. Thank you to corporate America for pointing this out in the chat. Here is <clears throat> what she was saying, just in case it didn't come up. I've seen text messages. I've seen emails where Methodist hospitals threaten our doctors. You cannot sign medical exemptions. You cannot report adverse reactions to these vaccines. And then if you do, there were other people higher up to erase those. Those were, those were not allowed up beyond the record. I mean, this is a willful cover up of the reality for whatever reason. Now, I'm going to take a quick step back because of what I just found that I've just blown away by. I can't, I can't even believe I didn't actually search for this. Thank you, Corporate America, in the chat. We were just giving a shout out for this point <clears throat> right here. This is the overlap to the animal discussion, right? Check this out, guys. And then we'll finish with the rest of those clips from COVID-19 and the information. This relates to the COVID-19 overlap. If, you, if you're trying to find a connection to how this might continue these problems. I like we even need it, to be quite honest, because in and of itself, the accident has these same overlaps. I, again, as I say this, I'm shocked that I didn't put this together because we just talked about one of the, one of the leading issues of dioxin is the immune suppression, right? Well, what would that obviously lead to? Viral infection. In 2017, peer-reviewed National Library of Medicine, exposure to specifically TCDD, suppresses immune response and leads to an increased susceptibility to infectious agents. My God. Well, look at that. Could have an exacerbation of latent infection produced by HIV, Epstein-Barr, 
I mean, you almost can't make this any more perfect if you were trying to make this problem even more obvious. Now, I mean, look, I'm not saying we can prove that was executed for this reason, but look, think about how many things overlap and ask yourself why you would be so afraid to ask these questions if you are. I'm going to have to revisit this. My God. Everything seems to connect. So back to this point. We were just talking about her telling us how they covered all of this up. Well, here's another example of one of these doctors speaking on the record right now, doing the same thing. But let's start with a more interesting point. Or actually, let's, let's play it first. You probably, you probably just saw it while I scrolled it up. But here's Dr. Simon Godek saying, uh, this doctor, Celine, uh, Celine Gounder, I'm surprised to hear you suggest that the reason younger people are high risk for heart attacks, you know why? Apparently because they've had lower rates of vaccination and masking. Right. So the very thing that increases the risk of heart attack, they didn't take that. That's why they have an increased risk of heart attack. <laughs> but, but that's not even what you're saying, technically, because that even didn't even make sense. She's simply saying that their age group has a lower rate of vaccination. Now, are we aligning that with the people getting the problems? No, because if you align the problems we're seeing, almost every one of them are, in fact, injected. So that doesn't even make sense. And I've proven that myself. Well, let's play this clip and you'll see how she is literally making the argument that it has nothing to do with the thing that increases risk of heart attack, as usual. Dr. Celine Gounder is here on set with us uh, to talk more about it. She's editor-at-large for Public Health at Kaiser Health News, and she is also an infectious disease specialist and epidemiologist and a CBS News medical uh, contributor. Dr. Gounder, thank you for being here. Uh, what stood out to you in this study? I think the fact that you're seeing such a big increase specifically in the youngest age group, so the 25 to 44-year-olds, you saw this 30% increase in the risk of death from heart attack. And that really is quite striking. That's not a group, an age group, in which you normally see heart attacks, much less dying from a heart attack. So to do a study like this, you look at the years prior to the pandemic and the typical rate of heart attack death in that age group, and then you see it increase and you wonder what's the new variable. And so the pandemic is that new variable? That's right. So these uh, researchers looked at 10 years of data across the U.S., all the death certificates that get filed with the CDC, uh, that data. And so what they saw is prior to the pandemic, heart attack deaths were actually dropping and then that trend reverses, and you see those deaths go up, especially among that youngest age group during the pandemic. <laughs> really? I mean, think about not seeing the reality in what you just said. Okay, so you have something like, and by the way, we've already shown you that the overlap in regard to COVID, if that's even what we're talking about, is, is not the same as what we've seen from the injection. And they're really trying to force that in. So the bottom line is you're watching this happen. And during the, this whole situation, as the injections dramatically increase, that's exactly the time frame we're talking about. You see the heart attacks increase in the group that's least susceptible to the problem that you tell them they need this for. And you don't put that together. Or you choose not to, is what I'm talking and about. Do we know why, the young, why younger people might be more at risk? Or? We don't know for sure. And in fact, these deaths okay. are... That means we don't know, but let me guess for you. Certificates are probably not even capturing the fact that they might have had COVID. Ah, so now we're going to guess on top of the guess into the idea that, well, maybe they had COVID. So let's all go in that direction. Mainstream media. Uh, they're really just saying, did you die from a heart attack or not? Um, what we do know, however, is that younger people... Were and that's not even true, by the way. Actually, I take I mean, it's ridiculous. We all know that they do not do that right now. And they go out of their way to find out if COVID is even tangentially connected and then write COVID because that's what we all saw. And they'll tell you that's for your best interest. 
But now when they want to say it the other way in reverse, you know, they, they just make up facts to align with what they want to tell you. Like, it's like that clip we all play. They, they share the same story without checking facts first. It's dangerous to our democracy. It's the same thing over and over and over the same repetition which is what they're doing. We're less likely to protect themselves against COVID than older people, less likely to mask, less likely to take other mitigation measures. And they were also farther back in line to get vaccinated. Ah, got it. Got it. It's just such a game. Now, look, I'm not saying I know for sure, provably, that her point is exactly this, but you can prove the data makes this undeniably clear. Yes, this thing increased their risk dramatically. One in 800. And we'll just pretend that's not there and point at the unknown. That's what's happening right here. Well, we don't know, but probably COVID. Meanwhile, we have proof that this causes an increase in heart problems. That's, that's all you need to see right there. They are ignoring provable evidence and going, well, maybe COVID did it, though. Maybe. And let's just say that and go with that. Mainstream media. Here is another kind of horrifying story. Misplaced breathing tube contributed to the death of UK's first COVID child COVID victim or maybe all of them. Now, my point here is that we have the same thing happening repeatedly. We have Dr. Rydell in the beginning telling us that the intubation was one of the biggest problems causing the mortality, and nobody's even still corrected that. But this is what's so horrifying is that even the first child, because they're so low, the child deaths were so low and so non-existent that even the very first one that you can point to in the UK didn't even die from the thing they said they did. All the way back to, this is coming from March 30th, 2020. Now, in the interest of time, you can read this for yourself. The point is that they claimed he died from basically pneumonia caused by COVID. But then it turns out, and that's what they wrote down. But then it turns out, no, this the coroner himself said, no, it was because of the misplaced breathing tube that actually killed this kid. Here's what it says. I am satisfied that he would not have died when he did were it not for the tube misplacement. I just, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. That kid died because of mistreatment from the hospital, and they want to pretend that's COVID. That's the first one. How many after that? Now, on top of that, remember we just talked about the pregnancy trial that Pfizer swore they were going to do and then just quietly fell off. And I think I forget what Substack was pointing that out, but calling them out, saying, look at this. They haven't even followed up. Don't they have an obligation to do so? I think it might have been. I don't want to guess. And yes, and it turns out now that they got pushed and somebody looked into it, they've now confirmed that they just ended their trial. Which, by the way, we didn't have that information about, it was like only 350 people even signed up, and then it just kind of drifted off. But, you know, the confirmation is for sure we have stopped the trial. Not getting, The point is that they, people had gone through parts of it. That's how, the, the, there were already people that were going through this trial. And where's all that data? Well, they guess they just lost it. That's actually what we're talking about. We don't have it. We don't know. Does that sound like what actually happened, or does it sound like there was real obvious problems? In fact, the problems that we know for sure are there that they also found and just couldn't cover up. And so they just stopped. Meanwhile, they're still saying it's safe and effective for pregnant women, even though they've never proven that. Even though their own data shows you the opposite. These are criminals. In fact, here's a doctor, one in the waterfall of doctors beginning to find the courage to speak up, who are telling you that this is one of the biggest crimes in all of this that they know better. For all those obstetrician specialists who advised their pregnant patients to take an mRNA injection, it's time to be a doctor and ask your patients for forgiveness. Forgiveness for having failed to use the knowledge that you had acquired that you were supposed to use and apply with, re with reason and morality for your patient's benefit.
If you're a pediatrician who advised a parent or a child to take an mRNA injection, it's time to be a doctor and ask forgiveness from that parent or that child for having failed to use your knowledge of embryology and genetics, for having failed to use that knowledge that you spent hundreds of hours of your life learning. Right, and just the moment you're told otherwise because authority says they ran tail between their legs and did what they were told. I mean, and, and even people, I mean, they're, they're, where are they? there's so many doctors out there. Where are they? There's a lot of them. I mean, more than I ever expected, but there's still a lot of people that are just quietly, not even towing the line, just putting their head down. Honestly, I find that even more cowardly. I mean, it's just, it's just pathetic how many people are choosing to allow this to continue. Here's Aussie 17 pointing out Singapore's raw numbers on stillbirth and, and prenatal deaths. You know, all these com- groups that can see this by acting like it's definitely not the vaccine, but we're going to investigate everything else, but definitely not the vaccine, though. Like, so they're choosing, like Scotland, to step over the most obvious culprit and keep looking and probably find something they'll point out, probably blame COVID, who knows. Either way, we know for a fact this is the problem because we've proven this. The evidence is there. Their own data shows this. They're just running from the problem. They're running from accountability, both the government and the companies and the agencies that are allowing this. 45%, which again is the government. For some reason, when I think, you know, these like, I think of like the White House and the executive branch, and it's all the government, obviously. 45% and 70.5% increase. 45% and 70.5% increase over previous years. That's stillbirths, 40.45%. Neonatal, prenatal deaths, 70% increase. Imagine ignoring that. Imagine pretending that we just know what it is and we'll pretend we're just going to keep going even though we don't know. We'll keep giving you the shot even though we haven't proven it's not the shot. Remember that 90 plus percent of the population fully vaccinated in 2021 in Singapore. That's what you'll find in all these locations. The source material is right here for you to prove for yourself directly from the government. Dr. Peter McCullough points out that women have been told they're crazy for two years, except now trial site news proves, as you can see, EVA project finds 78% of women reporting menstrual changes right after these injections. 78%. Now the EVA project data came out concerning the concerning our clotting and bleeding and fertility risks after the COVID-19 injection. 78%. How, you know, this is it's as shocking as this should sound. Like we've never been more acutely aware of how controlled everything is. If this is where we are, which we are, and it's not being discussed, at least not like that. Now, the FDA, on top of all of it, as of January 12th, is telling you, well, guess what? No longer going to require all drugs to be tested on animals before human trials. Now, I want to make a point really clear here. I have a huge problem with animal testing. Entirely. That being said, which is a different conversation, sort of, like, the point about this is not that it's okay that animals be tested on. However, knowing that the alternative is directly going to humans, my point is simply that there is something else that must be done. No, I don't care what we're talking about. I'm not, and I do not agree with animal testing. The point is that you can't just then go, okay, we're just going to start giving it to humans because you're guaranteeing that people will be hurt by that. I'm not saying I have a solution. My point is that this is them going the opposite direction. And that's crazy. 
But again, please hear me on the fact that I like I that's one of the things that really upsets me more than anything is like Fauci's testing on these animals and uh, allowing these fleas to bite their ears or the sand fleas or whatever. This hort on the beagles and all that horrifying stuff. That shouldn't be allowed. Even the testing on animals for like makeup and all this stuff. It's completely ridiculous. Like, why don't we just not use dangerous chemicals? Like, you realize that is possible. Yeah, it's called organic. They don't like that stuff, though, because it costs more. You see, this is really where the factors all lie, and they just don't want that to be clear. They're, this is We live in a fascist society where corporations are ultimately driving the bus. Rather, the governments are the corporations. Is where we're That's your public-private partnership, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Driving right in that direction. But all this is showing you is that exactly what we kept telling you. No animal trials, no real testing. It's going to be genetic sequence, plug and play, mRNA platform, boom, boom, boom. He's right back out. We don't even need to test it on people anymore. This is just the slow roll of what you already have been told. And now they're coming right out with the RSV vaccines. But guess what, though? For adults, because that's always been the case, right? (laughs) Some argument for elderly people, but these are new, entirely new mRNA injections that I argue are not going to be approved. I've already read other articles where they're talking about emergency use authorization. Ask yourself how that makes sense. We're not COVID land anymore. Well, we're not in monkeypox either. So where are we in emergency exactly for RSV? Well, it doesn't matter. It's just emergency use authorization because the FDA already told you they just changed the rules. That, that, that means they don't need to prove that it's safe and effective. All they need to do is prove that the benefits outweigh the risk. And that's known benefits and known risk. So they just play the game about what they know and don't know, even though they know a lot more than they tell you. Here comes your RSV injections and everything else are uh, mRNA. In today's Daily Health, right now, an FDA panel is holding its first of two meetings to consider whether to recommend RSV vaccines, one made by Pfizer, the other made by GlaxoSmithKline. Now, both of these vaccines would be for people aged 60 and older, and if approved, they would be the first vaccines for this particular virus. Great. Now, the point is that imagine, imagine being a company, Pfizer, for example, who is very clearly involved with one of the most, the largest medical fraud, we've ever, the largest example of medical fraud we've ever seen. Hundreds of thousands of people have suffered, tens of thousands of people have died. And now we're just going, look at the new thing, Pfizer's coming out with a new shot, and hey, here we go, give it to your kids. It's like, think about how that's even possible because of the, because of the controlled situation that we live in. Here's Dr. Simone Goddick again pointing out, cancer vaccine could be available by 2030. Like, it's just so stupidly obvious how everything seems to culminate in 2030. Not an accident. How will it be going? But also ask yourself, by the way, why does this one take until 2030? You're pumping things out in three seconds over here, but we're going to take it until 2030 to make, you know, just none of this makes sense. Because by the way, they've already been testing mRNA cancer vaccines right now. Here's how it will go, though. Just an overlap of what we just dealt with from the COVID illusion. Well, day one, the jab prevents cancer. Success, 100%. Day, day 365, the gene therapy doesn't stop you from getting cancer, but the cancer is less severe. Day 730, the jab does nothing to stop or prevent cancer. Day 1095, the mRNA jab made cancer more severe. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but it would have been worse or whatever. You know, it's, like, it's just this game. The point is the last one's obviously where it really ends up. This is where it's going to go. Now, when this does happen, there'll be a reason why he's still wrong. Talk to Scott Adams, he'll tell you. Now, here's a really important one. I, I, this, is a re, this is actually really important. Now, this is, I'm not, I can't confirm this is actually real. But everything about it really does convince me that this was a real engagement. But either way, I think it's an important lesson on what needs to be done. This is a video of a woman serving a, a pharmacist at uh, like a Walgreens or a CVS or something like that, right? 
watch what she says to this woman and watch the way that she responds. Clearly, it looks like she's aware, assuming it's real, that this is a serious thing. When you get served a legal document, it's not something to just, you know, disregard. And so what she says clearly puts this woman in a point where she is, I mean, based on her facial expressions, I, I would argue my opinion is that she's aware that there's something wrong and that this scared her because now you're maybe held accountable for doing that wrong thing. I'm serving you with a notice of liability. This notice of liability is a legal document um, from Taking Back Our Freedoms. It's been compiled by top experts, scientists, doctors across this country, including the Honorable Brian Peckford, who signed the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. This document outlines the harms that the vaccines are causing, including death in so many, including children. This document now means that because you've been served, this is a legal document, you are either indirectly or directly now legally responsible for harming children. And I am filming because you're going into a database and I'm asking you to please stop the shots. I mean, that, was, that would scare anybody. Even if it doesn't matter whether you think it's legitimate, you're going, whoa, okay, wait a minute. Like, I, it might be, I'm being recorded, first of all. It's going in a database. Like, you, I feel like she's, okay, wait a minute. Like, this is a big deal. You have to stop them. I'm a mother and a journalist, and I've spoken to thousands. Look at me, please. Please stop them. Please stop giving them out. You did not give my permission to film doesn't matter. That's it all you can matter. say. I'm serving you. It doesn't matter. She's scared. Please stop them. That's crazy. I I'll mean, be... it's like the way she responds, you know, you don't have my permission to film. Well, a little late for that. By the way, you don't need someone's permission to film, by the way. The point, though, is that this is... I think that's important. Putting them on the spot. You, personally, are personally responsible for what you're doing. Knowing, clearly, in my opinion, it's my opinion, the way she looks when she's saying this, something in those eyes are saying, oh, God dang it. Like, I, now, this whole time you've been acting under the impunity that you've been given, right? I made this joke in the beginning. It's not even a joke. The way that they apply this impunity, that woman right there could trip and hit you in the eye with the syringe, and she would not be legally accountable. Anything involved in the process of giving that injection, it sounds dumb, but tr challenge me. Look it up. I went to the documents myself, and it very clearly falls under the administration. As long as you're in the process and you accidentally, you know, whatever, or you give it to them and they immediately collapse and die. You're not a sponsor. You have, in, you know, indemnity. However, if what she's doing with these documents, you know, proving to them that we can see that what was done is wrong. This falls under the willful, the willful fraud category. Well, suddenly you don't have that indemnity anymore, whether you've got approved injections or the child schedule. Willful fraud. I think that's important. You tell me what you think. Again, even if it's not actually real, it's this is where we should be going, guys. Take action. Tell people that they're on the spot. We know what you're doing. Now, I'm not talking about any kind of confrontation, violence, or anything like that. You've been served. You're on notice. You're filmed. We know what's going on. This is important. And if you continue, something will come from this. You know, legally, legal responsibility. Good for her. Now, un actually, unfortunately, I think I'm going to skip this last part, guys. I'll I'm going to actually come back to this. It's a really disgusting story that I, don't I won't even get into it because I don't want to, you know, it I I'm going to do a show almost 90% tomorrow using a lot of, I'm going to get into the Ukraine conversation. I think it's really important. There's a whole thing I'm going to get into about what just happened in Ukraine in regard to this whole overlap with this Russia hoax or whatever they're calling it. I there's a whole story under the story 
that I just can't wait to talk about tomorrow. That I think nobody seems to be really getting at. I mean, we even saw just Matt Gates in front of Congress asking about Azov being funded. I mean, what a game. Are you, I mean, really, I, but the point now is that Matt Gates is unaware of the multiple bills that have gone through about specifically arming the Azov movement. I mean, of course he does. Of course he's seen all of the Twitter accounts and all the, of the Azov movement posting the use of U.S. weapons on their own accounts. But no, we're going to pretend like we're just figuring this out because it's becoming a partisan point. Except we've been talking about it since the beginning of all of this and even before. <laughs> anyway, the point is we'll get into that tomorrow, most likely. And, and as well as this other clip I was going to show about a woman being horribly abused and what ultimately happened because of it. It was a point about how our this, whether it's COVID or anything else, has just broken us in regard to where we are and before that. But to finish in general, I want to point this out. The Pentagon creates roadmap for zero trust internet access by 2027. And this is about not being able to use the internet unless you can prove who you are. And what, what actually scares me the most this is specifically a little note from the Tennessee editor, and it's saying Tennessee has examined this topic in detail several times. Ultimately, summing it up that no digital ID, don't get to use the Internet. And it's being spearheaded by specifically people in Tennessee. That makes me worry. Who you know, maybe, maybe T-Lab will have to move. <laughs> so I'm not, I am not going to have some digital ID to be able to access the Internet, period. And the point is whether you're using, you know, VPNs or different access points, they're going to figure out that, Ultimately, they can stop you. Oh, sorry, guys. Thank you. Somebody in the chat reminded me. So th th you didn't miss anything. This is just the last. It went right from that to this. So this, this point here is the Pentagon create. This is the, you know, the future of basically you have to prove your digital ID, your social credit to be able to access the Internet. That's where they're going with this. Now, I'm going to finish on that note and including really all of the stuff we're getting into today whether it's Ohio or anything else, with this tweet from Simon Goddick, or rather the video to end, Klaus Schwab, or rather, you know, actually I forgot I want to play something else at the end. Let's just play this real quick. Our lives 10 years from now will be completely different. Those who will master these will be the masters of the world. And he's right. This is dystopia. I mean, and as they make a good job in this, in this video to point out, and it's a little produced with music and so on, but don't miss the obvious image overlap with like, right out of 1984. Hmm. Yeah, this one here. Your Highnesses, Your Excellencies, esteemed participants, Minister Mohamed Kagabi, Chairman of the World Government Summit. Ladies and gentlemen. The World Government Summit, but totally not about world government, though. Today, people may ask, what is the purpose of such events? I would say we have to re-globalize this world. We have to make sure that we strengthen cooperation because, as it was mentioned, we are faced with issues which are of existential importance for humankind. Our common future is at stake. We are in a world right there. where simultaneously we are caught in deep systematic transformation processes. The world at the moment, as I just mentioned, faces many of those transformational processes. I think we should not underestimate 
the big reshaping of global supply chains, which is just happening now. Yeah, really. Why exactly? Because what they're this, this, I mean, that's not even that's not even secret. They're doing that. But that's all Putin's fault, though. Don't forget, right? Putin's fault. Companies who have become global powers, technology companies, social media. So we will move in a very fragmented world in a, and hopefully not too fractured world. Our life in 10 years from now will be completely different. Artificial intelligence, the metaverse, synthetic biology, and who masters those technologies in some way will be the master of the world because there will be certainly what we call the black swans, the unpleasant surprises which will come in our way. Openly says masters of the world, right? Now, as you can see, like, you know, at the end, the voice gets all funny. Like, somebody, you know, but I mean, you, you, that, I get the same sense from that anyway. I mean, and don't forget an interesting note before I end here. Why exactly does the metaverse have a role in what he's saying? Isn't metaverse just something that he made on Facebook, like some Facebook enti- centric entity? No, no, fa- metaverse was a lot bigger. And it's weird how Facebook has gotten kind of quiet in the background. There's something going on there, guys. The metaverse whole angle here is huge to the future of what they're doing. I mean, why would Klaus Schwab like write about it and make big presentations about it and not be like Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, but just the metaverse alongside every other tenant we're talking about? That's very weird, isn't it? There's so much going on behind this that's completely, this has been coordinated, executed, and we're watching it play out. It's just that simple, and it's so obvious to see. So I'm going to end with a video that I just, because something somebody said in the chat. And I'll leave you until most likely tomorrow, guys. So thank you for being here. I just, I mean, is it as obvious to you as it is to me? I I don't even know how. I've never seen it like this in my life. And it's only, and I keep saying that because it only keeps getting more and more clear. And it's not just because we're in some kind of echo chamber. Like I can go out and ask people on the street. I've done this. And it's amazing what you'll hear today versus just six months ago, last year, two years ago, let alone before COVID-19. I mean, even then, before maybe Trump's election, like you can see, seeing these these big moments where things were compiled or or you know coalesced, connected, and, and keep getting more and more tightened down, and now everything has led right to where we are now, including everything Trump did, what Biden's doing. It's right. It's the fa- we're on a fast track to the problems, but people see it. The only weird thing is I don't know why more people aren't doing something about it, and I'm not talking about violence, but a lot of people are kind of just. You know, like, for instance, a lot of people would argue that all we're doing is talking about it. Well, no, it's not what's happening. That's one thing that I'm doing. And I think it's very important that we continue to talk about it. But then we off the show do things actively, both in my own life and out in the world to try to make a difference about this. We all need to do everything we can, whether that's just getting information in front of people or actually just taking personal choices that minimize that control over your life. That's just start there. It's important that we keep pushing. Because we're on a knife's edge, and I think that's very obvious, despite how much we can see, which shows you how controlled it really is. Thank you for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.
I see all the people led into deception by the very men found to care, blinded by the promises, unknowingly sold despair. So leave your herd of sheep. Follow this shepherd to revolutionary ends The world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for are you ready for revolution? Revolution. The revolutions now, it's happening all around you. If you cannot see, Pull aside the curtain and see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare So arm your fellow man Cause it's become destructive to its own ends The world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game it's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for The revolution The revolution Revolutions now It's happening all around you If you cannot see Pull aside the curtain And see the war machine It's time for you to rise up Rise up and prepare To arm your fellow man Cause it's become destructive To its own ends world that you knew has changed around you It's all become a money game It's all become a money game It's all become a money game Are you ready for Are you ready for Are you ready for The revolution Revolutions now It's happening all around you If you cannot see then Pull aside the curtain And see the war machine It's time
time for you to rise up, rise up and prepare. So arm your fellow man. They become destructive to their own ends. The world that you knew has changed around you. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. It's all become a money game. Are they ready for? Are they ready for? Are they ready for? We the people.